0: Our new partner, who I'm really, really excited to announce, we are working with, super, super stoked. Thank you, Angie Huberman, for this connect. It's incredible uh ag1 athletic greens i've been using them for a while i have them every morning on an empty stomach basically take one scoop and you put it into a uh, cup or glass or mug of eight ounces of cold water and this is all your greens for the day you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens every day i take this it's so good for my digestion my energy, it's simple, it's easy. I don't like taking a lot of vitamins, so it's been really, really helpful for me. I've had a lot of stomach issues my whole life and ever since I've been gluten-free and taking the AG ones, it's really helped me in my stomach in the mornings. I love it and I'm so psyched that they're part of the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm sure a lot of people don't like eating greens, let alone drinking your greens, but I can tell you straight up, it's got a mild tropical taste and the taste is actually really refreshing and I really look forward to it each morning. Don't don't think it's just going to be just straight bland. Um, it tastes really, really good um, and it's good for you, so remember that. This one blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's incredible. Just one scoop, especially for musicians who are vegans or just musicians in general who want to get those daily greens. You can get the packets. It's incredible. I just gave some to my friend Derek from Sepultura. He traveled the whole entire world this summer, and he had he had those every single day. He said it saved him bring AG ones with me when I travel it helps me stay healthy you know the deal if you're on tour and you are uh, a picky eater but you need to have your greens sometimes catering doesn't have greens sometimes you miss the catering sometimes you miss the backstage food sometimes it's too late after the show to go get food that you like so if you just have a, a scoop of uh, AG ones in your hotel room before you go to bed or you're in the hotel room at night and you're starving and you want something healthy boom life-changer Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with some convenient daily nutrition. That's all you need. One scoop in a cup every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. This is it. I'm super psyched. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit drinkag1.com slash That's drinkag1.com slash O-L-L-C. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. This is incredible. I love it. It's just basic greens. For me personally, this has changed my life tremendously. I'm not a junk food vegan. I don't eat a lot of fake meats, so I'm strictly strictly greens, and this has been a wonderful wonderful new addition to my life. So once again, visit drinkag1.com/ollc. That's drinkag1.com/ollc. Get one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. That's drinkag1.com/ollc. We'll see yo yo liquid death thank you so much for hydrating all my guests taking care of me and my family and my friends love your water love your brand love what you stand for love what you give back to the community if you want to learn more about liquid death and how it started listen to episode 115 with the co-founder owner and creator of liquid death mike cesario just a punk rock skateboarding kid from Delaware with a dream. It's an incredible story, incredible journey. So if you go to liquiddeath.com Toby, you get free shipping on any items you order from liquiddeath.com. And if you want to get water, liquid death water, go to Amazon.com. But for merchandise and other things that's not water, go to liquiddeath.com Toby and get free shipping. Thank you so much, Liquid Death. Death to plastic, murder your thirst, stay hydrated. You know H2O saves lives. Welcome to the One Life and Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. I got my brother, Derek Green, next to me once again.
1: Hi. Oh,
0: the listeners really love having you, and I love having you too, man. Really? Yeah. You're not you're... just saying that? No, man. All right. You have to be such a voice for radio. Maybe I'll come you're back. You are a face for radio. I
1: heard the joke. Ha <laughs> ha! Hilarious! You're hilarious. Um, Same joke, man. You got to get some new jokes, right? No, no. You and your dad jokes. Is that a crystal? in your?
0: It's a crystal. I got a gift as a crystal, and it's supposed to like bring positive.
1: <laughs> hang on a second before we diss my friend.
0: <laughs> it's supposed to like uh, positive vibes and all kinds of get all bad okay. spirits. I don't know. Okay. That's supposed to be really spiritual shit.
1: I see you. Okay.
0: Let me pronounce our guest names. Okay. Good. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Myra Diaz Gomez. Thank
2: you so much How for having me. You Th- did great. Thank you for perfect. being that's here. That's the Americanized version, but okay. that's a perfect version. How would you say
1: it? American version? How would you say it, Derek? I'd say it the same way, man. I'm
0: but not getting guys said down <laughs> <laughs> on you. No, but you said before the pod, you said different, like a different. Gia <laughs> Gomez. Okay.
2: Almost there.
1: Gia Gomez. Gia Gomez. Oh, yeah. Gia's. Like yeah. Like plural. days. Yeah, days. Gia's. Well, thank you Gomes. for being here.
0: Um, thank you
2: so much for having me. It's Brendan Novak
0: uh, recommended you. told me all about you. Yeah, that's awesome. Brendan's a fucking legend. A I mean, we're,
2: we have so many friends in common. It's a pleasure to finally get to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Uh, how long have you been in the States for now?
2: uh almost 15 years wow i yeah, moved here when i was 21.
0: so yeah we were talking before the pod rio de janeiro i only know i don't know nobody from there until today because i've been there the shows they're incredible
1: Good. the punk rock scene there's incredible i think you know people you just don't know that they're none, of pod, none of my uh, on
0: the pod, but not of my podcast first
2: time, time the po- for everything yeah. yeah
3: the
1: pod okay all
3: right all right,
0: well. all right. So, <laughs> so how
2: rio <laughs> de janeiro in the house
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> uh how was it how, how was it growing up there? It's just for me. It seems How like, was it growing up in yeah, Rio? Because all I know is the nightlife and the crazy shows. And that's, I've only been there for shows. so I don't know what the living there is like.
2: Well, you know. I grew up in a very artistic family. So yes, I, I was born into a show business family. So my father was a very prolific Brazilian writer. And he wrote for television, theater, cinema. Like he wrote some of the biggest soap operas of all time. And uh, my mom was a soap opera actress. So pretty much I grew in a very creative and artistic environment and my life was pretty much, uh, it pretty much revolved around art and plays and music, all of that. So I think I kind of had a sheltered life as a child, you know, Mm. and it was a great life right up until I was 11 years old and my dad passed away in a car accident. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: It's hard. How old was your dad?
2: Uh my dad was in his 70s actually. Yeah. He had me in his 60s. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah.
0: You knew that Derek? Pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So your dad wasn't around the 70s when he passed? Yeah.
1: Cuz I was wow. I wasn't sure at first. Like this was years ago I was like I was like oh yeah, I was checking out something that your dad and then I was like wait a minute. He was born
2: 1922. Yeah. I was like, my dad Whoa. went through everything. <laughs> right. yeah Yeah. so
0: how many kids in the family uh five okay yeah so how old was your dad when he had you
2: i think he was either 65 or 68 dang yeah Yeah. you
0: know
1: like you know like de niro and (laughs) everyone's talking about that yeah i'm sure (laughs) wow (laughs) you know that's crazy
2: Hmm.
0: i know it's cool having a kid i can't imagine having a kid like in my 60s why
2: not
0: it's possible though yeah my dad was
2: very happy about it to have kids in his 60s mm -hmm. actually he already had had a marriage before and we were kids from his second marriage okay so he was much older and wiser and he was established you know he was successful so it was much easier to be a parent later in life when he was super established than earlier on when he was like running away from brazilian dictatorship and having his art censored and all the crazy shit that happened in brazilian history wow so at that time like he had a very peaceful life so that worked out
0: and you went to like an american school
2: i did go to an american school american school of rio de janeiro and how was that (laughs) well i mean it was a great school i'll say that it's one of the best schools in brazil
3: yeah
2: um but it was also the type of school where everybody's expected to be the same you know or expected to follow a certain pattern um, and I was really different. I was like the rock kid. I was the rebellious kid. So I felt very different from everybody in school. Yeah. And I got into rock and roll super young and got into drugs super young. So I, by the time I was 15 years old, I wanted to get the hell out of that school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When did you start trying drugs? How old were you?
2: I was 14 when I started using drugs.
0: Like heavy drugs or?
2: Uh, started with like weed, alcohol, then Pretty much experimented with everything like LSD, ecstasy, um, I mean, prescription pills, aerosol deodorant, glue, wow. crack, even heroin at some point.
0: Holy shit, was this like, the pe- people you are hanging out with at the time? No, it
2: was all me, to be honest. Oh I looked up to rock stars growing up mm. and my, my room was like the typical like 90s girl type of room with posters of rock stars on the walls and um, I pretty much thought that that was that's what was cool you know drug sex rock and roll Mm. and uh, I had some things happen to me in my early teenage years that made me feel like that's the life that I wanted you know because I grew up very insecure and um, dealing with like rejection in school and so when I realized that drugs sort of like lowered my inhibitions and gave me confidence I just loved drugs Mm. and you know to be honest like I remember even buying a book about drugs and I'd be like I did this one I haven't done that one and I wanted to do every drug in the book and I started throwing like drug parties inside my my house in my apartment in my room I'd have like parties in my room invite all the kids from school so I was really the bad influence nobody influenced me holy
0: shit yeah (laughs) did it start affecting your like school grades and stuff
2: oh absolutely um yeah, by the time I was 15 years old, I had no interest in school anymore. Like, I have ADHD, so looking back, looking back at it, now I can see, you know, that I was really pretty much suffering with ADHD, mm. um, but I couldn't pay attention in school. I had no interest, and I had some pretty traumatic stuff happen when I was 15 years old, um, and I just didn't want to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. And you, you started writing like when you're like eight years old, like journaling and stuff like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I would look up to my dad, you know, and I'd, I'd watch him like creating these characters that would come to life on television. Um, And writing was really normal to me. Like yeah. I thought everybody writes and I just loved writing in my diary. So I would pretty much like narrate everything that was happening in my life since I was eight years old up until I was like 15. Then I started writing online. But yeah, mm. I started writing really young and that's. That was really natural to me like what do you do you write yeah you know, it's almost normal. like
0: therapeutic too for you just to talk about your life right mm-hmm. you still have those diaries
2: i do i have oh. all of them wow i can look back at like fifth grade sixth grade you ever done six, that all the time
0: holy shit i
2: often look back at it to see where t- certain traumas started right. or you know to connect the dots
0: interesting yeah and like you did your uh you wrote your first book when you're like 17
2: I was sixteen.
0: Sixteen?
2: Yeah. So when I was fifteen years old, I already had, you know, started using drugs and losing interest in school and had these traumatic things happen to me, wanted to get the fuck out of school. And uh I made myself get expelled from school. I was just like doing drugs in the school bathroom and not going to class or anything. And wow. self destruction. Yeah, absolutely. Because I wanted to be kicked out. Um and by the end of the year I was kicked out. I was fifteen. I was in my uh I was in the ninth grade. And uh, my mom was really angry at me, obviously, and they had invested all this money in <clears throat> my education. Um, She's like, What are you gonna do with your life? And I said, I'm gonna write a best selling book. Wow. You know, crazy idea. <laughs> but because I grew up with these examples of like these crazy things being reality, to me, it wasn't a crazy idea. Yeah. And I told my mom, I'm going to write about everything that's hap- that happened, like my dad dying, the depression that I'm going through, uh, the sexual abuse I suffered in school, drug addiction, and that's what I'm going to do. And actually, at that time, my mom was really supportive and said, yeah, go ahead, do that. And she helped me find a publishing company i wrote the book in six months and wow. i became a best-selling author by the time i was 19
0: holy shit mm-hmm. that's incredible
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i read some stuff like it helped so many kids out there too going through yeah. the same, same things and- so
2: like it was actually hugely successful and i think a big part of that was because i'm just i'm really honest you know i'm really transparent and i don't care i'll just say it yeah. and in my writing is is very much like that it's very raw and very honest and the kids my age like they really related to that You know, I talked about like being in the underground rock and roll scene in Rio and Sao Paulo and all the drugs that I was trying and the sort of abusive or codependent type of relationships that I was in at the time. And, you know, teenagers really related to it and it became a best-selling book.
0: So how does that change your life? Like, does it change it financially? Does it change? Like, how's it changed?
2: It changes my life completely. Everything. Because I go from being a teenager who is sitting around doing drugs and having no responsibility to overnight having responsibility and having a writing career and you know i'd be going on like television shows like talk shows and stuff and you know the host of the show would be like so what's your lesson to teenagers and in my head i'd be like uh, i don't know i'm still on drugs yeah, we're kind of <laughs>
1: yeah. still using yeah, yeah you, absolutely 100
2: percent. but mm-hmm. i was not acting like that on television mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, but it changed my life because it it kickstarted like my writing career. Yeah, and then I became a journalist when I was nineteen. I started writing for the largest newspaper in Brazil. Yep, and then from that point on, I just became like an entertainment journalist and music journalist reporter. Yeah, music and reporter. Uh, wrote for a billion different outlets.
0: So that became your career, and and how soon did you sober up?
2: I've been sober for two years and uh, seven months. Wow. Congratulations. So I, I've been drinking till very recently. Wow.
0: Congratulations. <laughs> so you had a whole career with just still maintaining your career and still doing yeah, that. Wow. Yeah.
2: I think I was uh, always functional. You yeah. Know?
0: Obviously. Yeah. And
2: uh, I was able to sort of hide it too, because when I have to go to work or when I have a responsibility, I can make it to my responsibility. And it really was when I was by myself that I was, you know, facing all the feelings and drinking and all the stuff
0: Mm -hmm. wow so even even like writing the books about it was that was helpful though a little bit yeah absolutely yeah Yeah,
2: writing is definitely therapy for me did
1: wow when you were writing did you write about in your book about what was going on in your school because i did okay and you really wanted to get away from that Mm -hmm. and get kicked out for that reason alone or Mm. well not in, or
2: well, no, I was raped uh, when I was fifteen years old by a guy in my school. Okay, Fuck. so it wasn't
1: a, was it a teacher or a student? It was a student. Okay,
2: and that made me develop a lot of hatred mm-hmm. for my environment of and course, my school. Yeah. It's horrible, and um, I was really blamed for it. Like, mm-hmm. I have no problem talking about this, by the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was really blamed for it because. I was 15 years old and like i said like i had been really insecure and uh, faced a lot of like rejection type feelings and this was like the first guy that showed me lots of interest Mm. but he was an older guy he was a senior and he had a girlfriend so essentially i was having an affair with this guy so when this really traumatic thing happened like people that were close to me blamed me because they said you knew what you were doing you're going out with a guy who has a girlfriend and the judgment was about the fact that I was going out with the guy that had Not a Not that he
0: raped you. It was like, come on, man. <laughs> like Far. I asked for it. Come on, man.
2: You know, or some people thought that it was exaggerating or it didn't really happen like that. Like he was defended by a lot of people. It's horrible. And that's pretty much what created this, this hatred for my environment and the desire to leave school and fuck everything.
0: Yeah. Did your parents, did you tell your parents about it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, I wrote about all of this in the book. And it was very controversial.
1: Yeah, I, I can, wow. I mean, I think there's a lot of people looking back, um, that I didn't realize as at that age that were raped. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of friends mm-hmm. of mine that came out years later, and there's a lot like, of women have this exa- story. Yes, mm-hmm. and it was really shocking to me because some of the people I know that raped them, I knew. Holy oh, wow. shit! You know, and I was like,
2: that fucking
1: guy wow man you know it was like really you know it, it was and at ho- the
2: same time people remain friends with that person you yeah, know
1: i mean if i even so knew fucked, you know it's just like it's it's just completely mind-blowing and it's sad i
0: don't understand you know? people. like well he didn't do it to me but yeah but he did it to a fucking person he did it to a person you know right a human you know what i mean it's like i've been in situations like that before if somebody burned a bunch of bridges with somebody and then people are like, well, I still fuck him. He didn't do anything to me. But still, if you know somebody did something horrible like that, yeah, oh, I cra- mean. it's crazy, man. That's still your boy. That's still your friend. You're defending somebody. I wasn't. They all know what happened. And it's like her heard wor- heard word against his. And then like, mm, mm. it sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry I went through that.
2: Thank you. But yeah and in a way you know it was the really bad things that motivated me to mm-hmm. do things so yeah. that's like oh that's a theme in my life where like when bad things happen to me and like i hit rock bottom mm-hmm. then i come up with these ideas of how to get out of that and that's the moments when I have these crazy ideas like I'm going to write a best selling book or yeah. I'm going to move to Hollywood on my own to be a rock journalist. Yeah. So it's always the bad things that happen to me that turn into really good things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did anything happen to this person with their charges pressed? And nothing? No. No.
2: Wow. I mean, Derek knows this. The culture in Brazil, you yeah, would never go to the say. police for something right. like that. It's okay. It doesn't even go through your mind. Right. right? It's, it's, it's definitely Is that like snitching? A, a
1: step behind like you know, with a lot of things that happened in the U.S. that changed because it was like that in the U.S. as mm-hmm. well, of course, because there's so many people coming out later, you know, especially mm-hmm. with, like, uh, Me Too movement and everything. So I, I noticed this in Brazil, you know, that...
2: It's a I, very misogynistic culture. Exactly, mm. yes, yeah. extremely. You know, you would never go to the police right. about a rape.
1: And they wouldn't do anything anyway. They wouldn't do anything about so it. So who but. could you go to? I don't
2: know. I mean, my take, take memory care of, of it, yourself it my memory of it is my mom wanting to kill the guy herself. Yeah.
0: Okay, that's it. Yeah. But it
2: never crossed anybody's mind. Mm. Anybody's mind to go to the police. Okay. Which is crazy when I think of, right. but yeah, but yeah,
0: well, living here. It's different, but yeah. Like, or take matters into your own hands, like your mom or well, cousin. Well, uncle, yeah. And I mean, like well. I
2: said, everybody remained friends with this guy. And then right. a few years later, he hit on my sister, my younger sister at a party. He was still at parties hitting on super young girls. Oh my
0: God. Yeah.
2: Mm. He's out there.
0: He's still out there, huh? Yeah. Fucking bad karma coming for that motherfucker. Yeah. But that's crazy. I was like, were you getting therapy back then too or now? Yeah. I've yeah. been in
2: therapy pretty much my whole life. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. So Heavy you, stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, they, so you st- just started writing and writing and writing books and yeah, recording. So, and-
2: so, yeah. So I, I published my first book. It was a bestseller. Then I started writing for the newspaper. Um, then I got a column on uh, MTV. So I would review books on MTV News. On That's cool. T- yeah. I had my own like segment on MTV News. And uh, I just started writing for several different magazines. Yeah. Um, But I was still very unhappy. And, you know, I felt really unhappy when I lived in Brazil. Because that stuff
0: never goes away.
2: Yeah. Like, and when I go back there, I still feel unhappy, which is really sad because I really wish that I could go home and just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But it's almost like I go back into my past when I go home. Yeah. There's a lot of trauma there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a trauma that's never been like settled in a way or just, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's yeah. still there because it's that person's still, still around. It's just, you know what I mean? There's like no closure. I mean no closure for yeah. it.
2: So then when I was like twenty one years old, I really I had published another book, so I'd published yep. two books by then. Finally Famous? Uh no, that one was called uh One Thousand One Nights of Silence. Oh yeah, that's
0: what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um what was that about?
2: It was just a romance. Mm-hmm. Um a very existentialist romance about being lonely in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. So at that point, I was still really unhappy, and I decided I'm gonna move to Hollywood now. <laughs> and you knew nobody here. I had like I knew like two people. Just the rock okay.
0: stars on your posters. Yeah, the rock <laughs> stars
2: on my posters, pretty much. Wow. Yeah, and I, I came when I was 21 by myself.
1: <laughs> R- really quick. Well, shit. Who were some of your influences as authors, and, and were there Good some question. books that were? It was like the
2: Beatniks here. and the Junkies. Okay. Like
1: uh, uh, usually American authors. Or? Uh, absolutely, okay. like
2: Jack Kerouac. And Mm -hmm. Mm Burroughs, and I loved like Baudelaire poetry, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, just pretty much all the junkies and the beatniks, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bukowski, oh, yeah, 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 that kind of
1: stuff, very well. So,
2: very raw type of literature, right? Yeah,
1: um
0: so at that point you're like, do you like your money saved up to come to california not
2: at all when i came okay. here i had no idea how i was gonna support myself. Will you make your
0: money from your books and stuff
2: yeah but it like in brazil right so it's not worth that much um. in the united states like i had money to be here for a few months uh but when i came like i didn't know i was gonna stay mm. like because i came on a tourist visa What's your um, goal i just thought i was gonna be here for a few months and go back home uh, but then I met somebody and I ended up getting married. So I stayed.
0: <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, wait, so what, what are your goals coming here? What did you want to do?
2: I wanted to be a rock and roll journalist, man. Okay. Go to the Sunset Strip. I went straight to the rainbow. <laughs> Saw Lemmy sitting there on my first night. No way. Yeah. I remember walk, walking into the Angie rainbow, word. like my second <laughs> night in town, walking into the rainbow, Lemmy sitting at the bar. And I'm with this like these like producers that I met, and I was like, "Oh my God, can I go say hi to Lemmy? Can I ask him for a picture?" I had interviewed him actually for okay. the newspaper through the phone, wow. um, and they were like, oh, "I wouldn't if I was you. You're gonna <laughs> see him here every week, <laughs> pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> sitting yeah. on the same yeah. spot playing his video game."
0: That's a big moment, though. Oh, Cause absolutely. Because they're like, "Holy especially shit, this is real."
1: No, I mean that's a Dude, that Lemmy. spot is historical in a lot of people's minds, especially if you're into rock and roll. To come to LA and to go to the Rainbow Room, yeah. it's like legendary. Absolutely, you know, it's like a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, you it's, just
0: yeah, yeah. But like he couldn't have he couldn't maybe been out of town that week. He she not No, he's always it. there. But I'm saying she, <laughs>
2: I'm really lucky that way. It's I always walked into the <laughs> Rainbow. I've walked into the Rainbow and seen you a few mm-hmm. times too. <laughs> right.
0: Right. <laughs> right, so you go to the rainbow and you meet this you meet the guy there or no how do you meet this no guy?
2: so i had an interview with this guy he was an actor ah. so at that point like i worked as a collaborator okay. so i was in the u.s doing stories okay. for brazil so that i could still you know get paid and everything got so you. Um, yeah so i got into a relationship with him pretty much started living with him right away just and after I the end you guys kind of connected yeah wow yeah and i stayed and i've been here for 15 years
0: is he still an actor uh no was he a pretty big actor?
2: Uh, he was in a movie called uh, Empire Records. I know that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. well, you know what this dude, Derek. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, so automatically fell in love. Is he an older guy or no?
2: Yeah, he's much older than me. You know, taking my mom's steps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> were, were you um, were you in a lot of relationships back home? I'm like, sorry. Were you in a lot of relationships back home?
2: I think I was. I was always very codependent mm. since my father's death. Yes. You know because. You know, the way that my father died is he went to Sao Paulo to go to a play and dinner with my mom oh, and they got into a taxi accident. So part of why, you know, my whole drug addiction kick started is the way that I found out that my dad had died, which was I was 11 years old uh, and my aunt, who lived with me and my younger sister at the time, uh, said that my parents had been in a car accident, but they were in the hospital. Mm. When i was 11 and i knew how to log into the internet so i went online and the home page like a news page and it was the headline news that my dad had died in a car accident and i saw photos of the accident wow you know at, at 11 years old partly that's why i became so angry and rebellious and nobody could tell me what to do yeah you know so since then like i think i was i was always very codependent i had this Really intense fear that when someone walked out of the door that they would never come back. Gotcha. And so I would go I would get into one relationship after the other, after the other. I'd always like move in with the person really quickly and you know, it would always end in like a couple of years and I'd start a new relationship.
0: This this happened all after your dad passed. Yeah. I can relate to you. Um my dad passed when I was a kid and we were always scared my mom was never gonna come back. That was a fear we had for many, many years. Would we always yeah. have to go with my mom to the grocery store or like beggar not to leave and yeah i had that same kind of it's it, extremely
2: it, traumatized it's
0: interesting yeah i was like oh, and then i was already worried i've been worried about death my whole life i think because of that you know
2: yeah i understand damn yeah
1: it's fucking wild especially as a kid i mean you don't have an understanding fully of what death is because sometimes a lot of adults around you don't explain that to you as a kid they're like um oh, We'll just wait until they get older to explain a little bit more of what's
0: going on. I was a
2: really up. smart 11 year old, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I was only three when my dad died, so I really didn't really oh, know much. Wow. But, like, we never got to go to the funeral. We never had closure. My dad went to the hospital. We never came back. Right. So, all all three boys, we never had any of that closure. So, like, for every I kept saying to my mom for like a year, when's daddy coming back for work? And that probably fucking killed my mom even more. But she was trying to explain what death was. I didn't get it. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. And they started making us go to church and like believe in God. I remember I came home once and my brother Todd had made this sign that said fuck God and put, he, he like <laughs> tacked it on the on the tree in front of our house. Wow. He was so crushed. He was like, right. there's a God, why do he you take my dad? Just crazy heavy shit.
3: Yeah. yeah. It's,
1: it's what, definitely crazy. I fuck. mean, were your parents religious?
2: Uh, my dad was an atheist and my mom was religious. I see. A lot of my dad's work is very religious. Like if you've ever watched any of his work, mm-hmm. but as a man, he was not religious. He liked to research religion mm-hmm. and he liked to portray it in his characters, mm-hmm. but him, 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 he didn't believe in it. I see. Yeah.
0: So yeah. did you write any of your books uh, sober?
2: No. Wow. I haven't written a book since I've gotten sober, and that's wow. what I'm trying to do at the moment. It's that's, really that's challenging. Gonna be, that's, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's really challenging because I, I would write every book like with a bottle of wine and I can't remember writing a book without a bottle of wine and some drugs.
0: <laughs> did you have any close calls or like overdoses and stuff like that?
2: No, I did not. My wow. my biggest problem, I think, was I had a lot of panic attacks. Okay. So I've suffered from panic attacks for years, which is also connected to my dad leaving and never coming home. And the panic attacks are always were always when I was by myself, or when I was married. Uh, my ex husband was a DJ in Hollywood, so he'd have to go to work at night pretty often. Um, and lots of times when he went to work, I would get into these like really, really, really debilitating panic attacks because I'd be sure that he was not coming home.
3: Mm, how and old so- were you?
2: This was through my entire life in okay. LA, pretty much, until wow. I got sober. I had these panic attacks, and that's the reason I think that I drank so much. Okay. Like I would drink to stop the panic attack, but yep. the drinking would just make the panic attack worse. So the next panic attack would always be worse than the last one.
0: Got you. Yeah. And you, were you did? You, were you modeling in Brazil, or that happened more when you came here?
2: I started modeling really young but it's interesting because the reason it started was to promote my books okay Okay. so when my first (laughs) book came out you know my publishing company was like you know let's do this photo shoot let's do that photo shoot then I actually did like a nude magazine when I was 22 years old Mm -hmm. but I always tell people like how funny is that like have to take off your clothes so you can promote Mm. a book
0: yeah interesting (laughs) was that sexy mag
2: yeah that was sexy mag you you did your research (laughs) sexy yeah But I mean, I've always loved it. Like, how old were you no old we did that?
0: How old were you? Uh, twenty-two. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: But like, I have no problem with that. Like, I love doing those shoots. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it started really young. But it the modeling was always a means of promotion for other stuff for me. Because interesting enough, people have to look at like a hot photo to pay attention to something. Yeah, it's
3: it's
0: some cheap. people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. most of the, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, So that's how they did it. That's, that's how why it. how it
2: started. Yeah,
0: you no problem doing that. Yeah, no. And you were like in um so then play you Playboy also?
2: I just did Playboy in February. Okay, yeah.
0: But back then you did Playboy for Germany or something, or uh,
2: no? I did like a couple of uh, shoots for Playboy Brazil. Brazil, okay. Yeah.
0: And then did you get into that more when you came to America?
2: Yeah, I think more in the last few years. Um, I've worked more as a model. I think in the past like five or six years.
0: And before you've been writing for a long time, still doing
2: that? Yeah, like the, the majority of my time here, I was a journalist. I was going to concerts and interviewing bands. Wow. But then kind of, you know, magazines kind of died. Yeah. So, what, what
0: magazines were you writing for? All kinds?
2: God, I wrote for uh, Rolling Stone. I wrote for Glamour magazine. Um, I wrote for Hollywood Reporter. I wrote for VH1. I can't even remember everything. Like, I'm sure I'm missing like some really and important And you were covering
0: like all types of music?
2: Yeah. But mostly rock.
0: Yeah, yeah. And going to shows and people. Going to people shows, on. yeah. Wow. And then, fuck, man. <laughs> but but uh, back to your marriage, though. Barbara, Barbara Ramone? Yeah. Officiated she, your wedding? She
2: did. That's so <laughs> cool. She, she, is she walked friends? me down the altar. Are you friends with Barbara?
0: I met her several times, oh yeah. Oh my gosh, uh-huh. that's so funny. I know her through people. I mean I've met her, I don't know her personally, but yeah, she's that is so funny. Smaller. Yeah, but so how, the, how how does she get in the mix? She
2: was friends with my ex. Ah. Yeah. She was one of his uh first friends that I met here also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's super cool. She has
0: her husband her husband's name too. Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you Ram- Ramon's van? Yeah. Okay. So that's that must be kinda of surreal then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it
2: was cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right, so so for this whole time up in, up up into like the N W A wrestling stuff, you've been writing, modeling, just everything, just living out here. Yeah. You love it out here?
2: i do i do love la do you do you guys love LA? yeah i love
0: Mm it i fucking love it yeah
2: i mean like so many people moved out during the pandemic and i was always always, like okay you guys are paying cheaper rent but you realize you're not in la anymore (laughs) (laughs) we pay for this weather (laughs) exactly
0: i know when it's like nice days like this i'm like this is why i live here i know same the rain for a while was kind of crazy but now i'm like this year
2: has been really weird though yeah
0: um so the wrestling stuff are you a fan of wrestling
2: No, that's another. That's another really crazy moment in which I was like rock bottom, depressed. Um, When a pumpkin shirt. I'll tell you that story. story (laughs) Yeah, so like this was like after my separation, and I had started living by myself, and I was trying to deal with the panic attacks that I used to have, very, very, very often.
0: You taking medication for him?
2: No. Okay. I was not. My medication was alcohol. Okay. You know, I was medicating with alcohol. Um, and I was at a really low point super depressed and I started randomly watching WWE on TV <laughs> 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 and I started watching the the women wrestlers and getting super inspired by them because I think because I was at such a low point I'd look at them and be like they're so powerful beautiful strong yes. they're like superheroes yeah and I looked at that and I thought I think that if I was able to do that I would be happy Mm. you know i had always looked like for validation in other people like in relationships and guys and this was like the first moment that i tried to find validation in something that i could do myself so something really difficult that i would that i would do myself so i put this idea in my head that i'm going to be a professional wrestler like (laughs) out of the fucking blue like imagine people in my life they were like you're going to what Said I'm gonna be a professional wrestler, um, and I googled how do you become a professional wrestler. Wow! And uh, I found well, you have to go to wrestling school. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, that's, <laughs> that's real. To learn how to wrestle, <laughs> um, and I found a wrestling school in Las Vegas. And because I was that's the main my, one.
0: That's one of the big ones, like and, the well-known. And, ones. Yeah, it's
2: called uh, Future Stars of Wrestling. Yep. And because I was by myself, I was looking for something to do. I wanted to reinvent myself. I was dealing with my divorce. I was like, perfect. I'm moving to Vegas. <laughs> so yeah. I moved to Vegas like two days later. Like, Dang. Yeah, it was that crazy. Holy um shit. Like I emailed the school. They were like, come on over. And I went to Vegas. And so I was just like living in the hotels and casinos and started <laughs> wrestling school.
0: <laughs> How old are you then?
2: Uh, I'm, God, this is 5 years ago 4 oh, years ago oh, oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you go to Vegas, do you know
2: anybody in Vegas? Oh no, I was by myself, completely by <laughs> myself in Vegas. Not but sober? Not sober, drinking every night and then going wow. to wrestling the next day. Oh my god. And how
0: long is it? Like what is it? Like what is wrestling school like?
2: It's really really scary. Okay. <laughs> it's really <laughs> demanding. <laughs> you know, like I remember my first day in wrestling school. They sort of like uh, test you to see if you're going to come back the next day, right? Because you have to mm. be really tough to be a wrestler. Of course. Obviously. And they made us run like, I don't know, like 20, round, 20 rounds around the block, block or whatever. And I remember just running and running and running. And I was like in my head thinking, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the students were like, hey, new girl, how crazy are you? And I was like, crazy enough to be here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it was really, really hard it's like boot
0: camp like legit yeah Yeah,
2: it's really really difficult but after the first day i really loved it and i thought i don't care that it's hard i really want to do it but the other funny thing is like because i was trying to get used to being by myself i didn't know how to be by myself yeah vegas really helped me which Mm -hmm. is really crazy but being in a city where there's like noise and people and lights and things going on around me even if i was by myself i didn't feel by myself true so yeah. it really helped me actually to be in vegas alone for that time
0: yeah and how long did the courses take like how long did it take so school? i
2: was there for like six months um wow. but every week was like a real big struggle hustle because i'd have to move from like hotel to hotel because the prices changed so much in vegas you know how it is are
0: you still writing for people too like surviving no that way? no
2: okay not at all so you had um, some money saved you went I I'm, did. I'm just gonna go for it yeah, yeah. It took um, a real big chance Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) Bet on yourself.
2: I always do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's my specialty.
0: Um, so six months, damn. Yeah, so
2: six months. But like I said, like I was drinking the whole time. Um, and then when I and then eventually I came home. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm over Vegas. Like I can't be here anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, like summer comes and it starts getting really hot. And you're in wrestling school in the summer, and you want to kill yourself because it's so freaking hot.
0: Do you finish Um, your courses, though? You finish it, So there
2: is not really an ending to wrestling school. Mm -hmm. Like, you're in wrestling school pretty much until you get signed. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people will continue training throughout their entire career.
1: Or does the school look for you?
2: Not really. Then you become an indie wrestler and you start, you know, looking for for different indie shows to to hire you. Okay. Um, But yeah, so like I came back home and... I thought pretty much like yeah everybody was right like I'm not going to be a professional wrestler like what am I thinking Yeah people telling you that Yeah, I had friends that that didn't believe in it at all and were just saying that I was wasting all my money drinking in Vegas, which wasn't completely wrong. Did (laughs) they think
0: you were losing your mind, kind of? (laughs) (laughs) Did you thought you lost it? No, I was... The the people thought you were crazy, you lost your mind? Yeah, people
2: just thought I moved to Vegas to drink.
0: Mm. You
2: know, they weren't completely wrong, but I was actually doing the work. You know, at first, my mom was like, what are you doing? But once she started watching my my training videos, she was like, oh, that's amazing. You know, maybe you'll fall in love with a sport and this is what's going to finally help you you Nine. know Nine. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and it was it was really what happened i really really loved wrestling because it was so difficult yeah um so i came i came home i'm, I'm sort of like defeated like i'm not gonna be a professional wrestler and that's when the crazy thing happens where billy Corrigan follows m- me on instagram all of a sudden and um i had just been an- randomly I had been in a smashing pumpkins music video okay and i think it was like the anniversary of the music video or something like that and we were tagged in something something of that sort
0: an older song or
2: um it's silvery sometimes okay um so he came to my page and my bio said future star of wrestling because that was the name of the school and i was wearing a smashing pumpkins shirt in front of the school the day he came to my page Jeez. so he messaged me and was like hey myra uh are you wrestling like out of the blue like billy corgan he's the owner of the national wrestling Crazy. alliance which is the oldest wrestling company in the world um and i said no i'm not yet <laughs> like i'm still in school i haven't had my first match yet <laughs> you know and he's like okay uh let's talk more about it maybe you can come and join the nwa you can start as a manager or you can work yourself up we can see what we can do for you
0: amazing wow, wow.
2: and then i was hired <laughs> wow just like that <laughs> yeah and then six months after starting this crazy dream of professional wrestling Dude. here i am working oh. for the national wrestling alliance bro that's you know?
0: insane that's so, like i you d- mean
3: yeah it, it was a- destiny it's just right.
0: moments, man, in,
3: yeah.
1: in your life.
0: And, you like, know?
2: Billy is such a mentor for me. Like, he has helped change my life in so many ways by giving me that opportunity. And he knows that because I talk about him in every single interview.
0: Yeah, you're a massive fan of Smashing Pumpkins, obviously. Totally,
2: but even more of Billy as a person. Right. Then you get
0: to know the person, yeah. yeah.
2: And, like, people don't know, but, like, Billy is totally hands-on with the company. So, like, he's the he has creative control of everything. Like, he writes it, he produces it. Like, he's on set with us Wow. All the whole time. Like, he is... He is like Dana White of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of, uh, of wrestling. For a um, moment,
0: did you think, is this real? Like I'm talking to this guy and this really happened? No, I what? knew it was the car. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> are
2: we yeah, yeah, it? Well, it wasn't that weird at that point. I, I knew a lot of my idols by then. <laughs> okay, so,
0: <laughs> so how soon from that conversation are you hanging, meeting this guy? and going out yes
2: so i think we had our first meeting like a month after i believe where i met him and the writer of the nwa personally at a wrestling show
0: but you guys are talking the whole time staying in contact leading up to this moment well
2: Mm -hmm. i remember i had the conversation with him and he told me like oh you can join the show in december or something i think it was like october and (laughs) and from october to december i was like is this really gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know it seemed so surreal that it was really gonna happen and i remember messaging him and being like are you, th- are you still considering <laughs> bringing me into the show? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> wow. You know? So I met him. We had the first meeting, and then I joined the NWA. Wow.
0: Is he really tall in real life?
2: I guess. He seems, really, <laughs> he, he seems like you're as like, tall as you He's not as, liber- not yeah. as tall yeah, as Derek. I, I,
0: I, oh, he's I, not? Okay.
1: I had no idea. It was so funny. Like, I had no idea that he would... I could never imagine him being involved in wrestling. Right. Ever. Like, I... I was like, "Is this for real?" Like whenever yeah. see him, I see us. he's like, a massive he really into-
2: wrestling fan. It's incredible. Yeah, and he he bought the National Wrestling <laughs> Alliance, and like he's living his dream. That is you know, incredible. Running man. the company.
0: I mean, there's probably people that don't expect you to like certain types of music because you're Derek from Sepultura. True. They have this image, what they think you're supposed to be, the, yeah. or they think they know you, this perception. Do you know what I'm True. saying? I, or
2: like they don't know what your hobbies really are. You're absolutely right. you know what yeah. I
1: mean? No, for sure. I mean, but that's radically like, a know, like the realm. I <laughs> know. I mean, I'm a big fan of Spooky Songs. Me, and me too. You think like, so you, it, I was just like,
3: really?
0: You think of like dark and I'm goth serious. and like emo it, and emotional, like the songs. You know, like they Right. Yeah, but you're right. Siamese Dream, all these yeah, songs. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. And you know
2: what's interesting? Billy has never drank or done drugs in his entire life. Wow. Wow. what mm-hmm. like me that's sick yeah and i think that's why he has managed to be so successful mm-hmm. with the smashing wow. pumpkins and whatever endeavor he he goes on
0: let me find out this motherfucking straight edge bro that's crazy <laughs> bro wow yeah that is fucking cool man i did not know that did you know that
1: i had no idea
0: damn I'm dropping all kinds of yeah. gems <laughs> Yeah. So, so he it, to the, so it's all based in Vegas, or is it? Based? no,
2: so we we tour, so we we film in different cities, so like our next show is in uh Chicago on uh the eighth wow, okay, yeah.
1: Did you have to do like serious research on this because you knew nothing about?
2: I knew nothing about right. wrestling, but I I learned Quick. working in wrestling. I okay. learned very very quickly because I like had the to background
1: story and all
2: the oh I had to I had to learn very everything. quickly. So what oh, is yeah. your
0: job like off the jump? I think it was your first. So job.
2: now I am uh, their backstage host. So I host all the promos and all the interviews. So kind of like Jane Hulk, exactly. That's my job. Mm, yeah. Exactly. Okay. That is and exactly he was what I do. Super
1: pop, you know. Like you remember? Did you ever watch? wrestling like a little
2: like bit a, here and there like yeah. A, yeah
0: but that's exactly
2: right. it so like i'll host the promos. so let's say in one day i might host like 50 promos okay and billy is the person who's sitting with me behind the camera for like six hours a day wow. producing my promos wow
0: was that your first job since you've been there Or you start up. no
2: so i started off as uh it's called a valet uh valet slash manager which is somebody that accompanies like a wrestler to the ring so okay. i started out by playing a wrestler's girlfriend and your name know was Mae Valentine?
0: Yeah. Okay. And
2: then eventually I became the the backstage host that that is Who a lot gives you more that fitting.
0: name Mae Valentine? Was that your choice?
2: Uh, it was a mix of Billy Corrigan and David Arquette's idea, <laughs> just to make things a little bit more crazy. Wow.
0: Yeah, David Arquette's a massive wrestling fan. He so he's was a wrestler. He as was well. wrestling. I saw him wrestling. Yeah, he's a wrestler. He <laughs> smash with glass or like something crazy, all right. bloody and stuff. So,
2: like after I left Vegas, I was training at David Arquette's house because he has a he had a wrestling ring in his backyard. Mm. So (laughs) what life is this? He does? He did. Well, he doesn't live there anymore. But yeah, he had a wrestling ring in his backyard. And uh That's where people
0: would train and just
2: Not people, just me. (laughs) So (laughs) he was letting me use it because my trainer at the time was his friend. Okay. Yeah. So I was having like a conversation with my trainer uh, about what my name was gonna be and Billy was trying to decide what it was gonna be and he thought of May. And I thought that's perfect because that was like my nickname when I was younger. So it's not like I'm going to become something completely different like, that's good, yeah. you know, Barbara. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he thought of May and then we didn't know what the last name would be. And uh, I was discussing this in the ring at David Arquette's house. And David Arquette said, how about Valentine? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to take that because I get to say my name was by Billy Corgan and David Arquette. Yeah.
3: Right, right.
0: <laughs> and it's so, a good name, too. Yeah. yeah. It's a wrestling name. Wow. Yeah, Totally. So David Arquette, so Billy, and now, you, <laughs> now you're just in the mix. Now your life's completely. Yeah,
2: that's life now. Do you cont- you?
0: you stopped writing and stuff and all that stuff. So
2: I'm trying to write a new book at the moment, um, but it's extremely challenging. It's such uh, a different chapter.
0: Sober, wrestling, this whole chapter of your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. So what made you go sober?
2: The panic attacks during lockdowns. Being by myself, uh, locked up. And my panic attack, it always um, summarizes it to three things. So it's basically like, I'm alone, nobody loves me, and I'm going to die. So that's Mm -hmm. the thoughts that I have when I have panic attacks. And during lockdown, you know, that just intensified to the max. Oh,
0: 100%.
2: Right. And I started having it like every night. But also I was drinking tequila like from early in the morning like breakfast tequila
1: wow are you
2: in in la during this time too yeah but it was like i had been so disciplined with wrestling and i had been on a diet i had been working out i had been you know in the ring and once that happened i was like great i have no responsibility anymore you know and i went straight to drinking and eating all kinds of crap and not working out (laughs) 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 you know just chilling all day Yeah. yeah and then the panic attacks just like got really really out of control where I would be, like, waking up in the morning really afraid of the end of the day because I knew that when night came, I was going to have it again. And I was starting to want to kill myself every time that it happened. Um, And so my therapist pretty much demanded that I see a doctor, she said. I was going to ask you, do you ever see
0: any positions during this time or yeah so as? my
2: therapist had been saying for years you have to get sober you have to get sober she was always always saying that to me and i would always say but it's impossible but it's mm. impossible i don't know how mm. i can't do it you know yeah. i would and try most of your
1: friends were using right yeah, yeah.
2: most of my friends drink mm-hmm. you damn. know but i just always thought like i can't you know i can't even imagine myself not drinking yeah um but you're when a kid yeah it's crazy right and you know it's just ingrained in every activity in your life and relationships and everything you know yeah places you go to people you hang out with you know i couldn't even imagine not drinking yeah i actually tried to not drink the first time that i was about to join the nwa and i was sober for a month um but then i started drinking again how did you feel
0: being sober for that month
2: great yeah it always feels great to be sober right yeah. when, like once you get through the hump of like ah, oh, i'm in pain this sucks yeah. and you're sober you're like wow sobriety is amazing yeah
0: so the panic attack stopped after you stopped drinking so
2: yeah so like she told me to go see a doctor you know she demanded i see a doctor because it was really serious at that point like yeah. i was like crying every day saying i want to die i want to die i want to die um and the doctor said to me okay so the pretty the first thing we have to do is get you sober to see if you know your panic attacks are connected to the alcohol abuse
3: mm-hmm.
2: and he put it really simply which was what i think convinced me he said okay we might be able to stop the panic attacks if we get the alcohol under control and like my entire life nobody had ever said to me that it was possible to stop my panic attacks mm. i thought that I w- i'm i going to live my whole life with these panic attacks yeah. and i can't describe enough how awful they felt terrifying i can't imagine i
1: used to have panic attacks as a kid but i didn't know what they were called really it just started coming about like the whole idea of like people having these type of attacks and and people talking about it yeah media and stuff
0: shortness of breath and stuff like that and
1: yeah i mean just the i mean i had it where what triggered mine was this feeling of of death and 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 it would just be Harsh, Like, it would just come about. And there's certain triggers, I think, for certain people. Mm -hmm. And mine was, I I realized at a very young age, was coffee. Um was a weird thing that would kick it off. Because I'm already a hyper person in my mind. And then with the caffeine, like, kicked in. And I was, I don't know why I was drinking coffee at night with, like, people and hanging out. I think that was part of it. Mm. But I was something I noticed, like, that's when it would kick off like I would be alone Mm -hmm. I'd be there and then I would just be in my head yeah and then it would just be a free fall that would just start like slowly just kind of like falling backwards and just like darkness yeah and complete like nothing is going to change this feeling yeah it's just imminent death Mm -hmm. you know And and then just panicking from it like holy shit I'm dying and then you're physically starting to feel it like your heart yeah. speeding up and then it's just like your head is just racing yeah. and it's like i gotta i gotta go outside and like fucking run i or cry something.
2: uncontrollably like i can't stop crying for Damn. like hours and hours and hours and hours
1: I, it's terrifying terrifying and terrifying so, so yeah. the drinking
0: would make it go away in a sense uh, at the moment get your mind off right it. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah.
2: then the next day it would be worse the depression the would depression be worse the next day the yeah. and then the next panic attack would be worse and it just started progressing into being worse and worse because i was drinking tequila all day yeah you know and uh yeah so after he said that i got on this medication called camprol and I've been sober ever since.
1: Wow. Wow. And that medication, what did you notice first from that? You know, like, like the difference, yeah. you know, like from taking it.
2: Well, it it helped me not crave alcohol that much, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it messes with your reward system or whatever. You don't see alcohol as a reward anymore. Okay. Um. I mean, I've I've recommended it to different people that it didn't work as right. well with. Yeah. Uh, but it worked really well with me. But the main thing I think was that right away the panic attack stopped. Wow. Okay. Right, and mm-hmm. so that was my motivation to to stay sober.
0: One hundred percent.
2: Because once I didn't have that anymore, like life was a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't
0: imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's normal, kind of again. Well, yeah. never because you, you've had it your whole life.
2: And then I realized, yeah, I've been an alcoholic my whole life. No shit. <laughs> <chance. laughs> you know. So
0: there was so the giving up the alcohol wasn't hard because you saw that. It no, it was you. very hard. Okay,
2: but but you know i was motivated to do it and i think that i came public about it really really early like the first month i put it out on twitter okay and i just wanted to, i i wanted to be public because i thought that i will hold myself accountable if i do that sure because so many people like look up to me and especially in the wrestling world and if i put it out there then i have a responsibility you know and once by. you do come out like so many people support you you get such a massive amount of support totally and it's like the first time that i felt that support it's like people saying you go girl i'm proud of you keep doing it you know up until then it was always like i'm a bad girl i'm a bad influence yeah you know and yeah, it, it, it just it just changes how people you know see you and support you
0: yeah and so now, now you see the world totally different eyes and now oh, it's yeah. just like... Absolutely. In the wrestling world now, it's fucking crazy.
2: I don't think I could do my job in wrestling if I was drinking. Mm. Like, there is no way I could memorize 50 right. promos yeah. that I get in the morning to start filming within the hour and then be on camera for like six hours straight if I was drinking. Yeah. Like, my brain is yeah. functioning now.
1: it definitely break you down. Yeah, so
0: how many different wrestling shows are there a week usually with nwa
2: uh so like we shoot like really randomly really it used to be like every two months now it's one heat one month here one month there and um it's also because billy's trying this new thing where he's bringing the wrestling on tour with the smashing pumpkins wow yeah what (laughs) yes yeah so the nwa went on tour with smashing pumpkins in australia what? And uh, we're also gonna have several dates in the U.S. So pretty much, like if if there's a festival in between the bands, you'll have the wrestling matches happening.
0: Wow. So so if they're part of a big festival, have wrestling somewhere in that day. Yeah, like
2: and I think that he's uh, leaning towards doing more and more of that. Interesting.
0: Have you been out with the Smashing Pumpkins too?
2: Uh, no, because on those shows I don't get booked because you don't need a backstage reporter. <sighs> So that sucks uh, for me. Have you
0: seen the Pumpkins perform since you guys became friends?
2: Oh gosh, a hundred times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it, man. I almost no way. Went. It oh, came
0: yeah. with Jane's addiction. I got to go.
2: You got to go see them. They're going to be on tour this I summer. I saw the old lineup, and was, you did.
1: Yeah, that my old friend and bass player, in my first band, Outface. He ended up playing with Filter, and they're from Cleveland. It's right. Rich Patrick, and so they were. I think they were doing. They were doing a tour. Uh, I think we're Smashing Pumpkins, or it was around that time.
0: Wow.
2: And
1: I was like, wow, this is. I gotta awesome. see it, man.
0: There's so many songs I love, like oh, so yeah. many memories some from bangers,
1: that band. Man, bangers like. Really well written.
2: I song. love the fashion and Pumpkins. Yeah. What's yeah. so cool
0: about this is like so many people. I mean, I've met some heroes in my life, and I was like, "Damn, I wish I didn't meet that person." And some heroes I met, like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's exactly what I thought he was going to be," and I fucking love him and his band more. It's so awesome that you have the experience that you yeah. love the band. He reached out to you. He's a fuck. I they know. He changed your life, and, and it's really
2: funny. Like growing up idolizing rock stars, and then it's one of my idols who like literally changes my life.
0: Just reached out to you. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's Go ahead. I
1: mean, it, I was just curious, like with your writing, the two books, you you never felt validation in yourself from doing such a great accomplishment,
2: of helping so many people. Isn't that amazing? Books isn't published? that incredible? Like, Is it? Isn't it amazing? In how, your teenage years, I know, and I've written, I've written four books actually, uh, but five. yeah, it's a really crazy thing where I have a really hard time finding self-validation, mm. and that's still true. Like that's something that I still struggle with. You know, because I'm able to feel proud of myself, mm-hmm. but I think that feeling quickly goes away. Mm. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, yay, I did this, but back to normal.
0: Do you feel like you don't deserve it, or are you like?
2: No, I do feel like I deserve it. But I think you do something for the first time, and it you feel very excited about it. I don't know if you guys feel the same way with albums, but yeah. like you put another album, then it's just your new album, your new album. Like you're not gonna feel that massive. Happiness and pride with every album that you put out. I don't mm. know if you feel like that a good or point. not. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's, there's a long cycle, though. I mean, there's a lot of parts involved with putting yeah. out an album. There's yeah. Touring. Yeah. There's a studio. There's the actual creating of the album. So it's, you know, you're trying to outdo yourself on every aspect. Then the last one. Right. And so you're from the writing mm-hmm. to the studio to the tour. Right. You know, so it's a long a long process but you get that validation immediately sometimes with music very quickly okay. it's very different than other arts with if you're an artist as far as like a painter or contemporary right. artist, where it's yeah just like well with pay- a
2: book it's also very long exactly you can be yeah. writing a book for like two years right, right you know you're you're living your life and you're writing a book at the same time And it just is exactly. That's why I
1: would say would be like. I think you feel. I feel the validation
2: like once it's published, and I have like the physical copy in my hand, and I go like, "Wow, this is amazing! I did this." Right,
1: but you're already like, okay.
2: But at the same time, (laughs) it it goes away.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, this is it's it's tough, but I and
2: and I'm even even feeling that now because I did like. Four magazine covers this year already. Yeah, which awesome. is insane. Mm-hmm. So like the first one that came out was Playboy, and I was like over the moon happy about Playboy. Like, Huge. oh my god, I did this! I can't believe it. Then the second one that came out with FHM, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh cool, I did this. <laughs> that's so <still> sick <laughs> you know? FHM is sick too. And then the third one is like Forbes, yeah, which yeah. is like completely I that. insane. I saw And that. I'm like, oh cool, Forbes. That's a big
0: deal, <laughs> man. How the forbes thing come about
2: uh they contacted me wow yeah it's pretty insane and then i just did another one that i can't say yet but okay. it's coming out in like a week
0: mm-hmm. so so what what was the what's the, pre- what's the premise of forbes like reaching out to you what is that for what's it about
2: just like so it's about adhd okay and sobriety awesome okay. yeah and uh i talk a lot about um how adhd is misunderstood okay and uh, people see it as just a lack of attention or inability to sustain attention. But for me, the worst part of my ADHD is actually uh, my impulsivity and uh, the fact that I have a dopamine deficient brain. Okay. So every day of my life, I have to find a way to supply myself with dopamine, which is perfectly explaining why i drank and did drugs right so now i don't drink and do drugs so i have to find out how to get this dopamine in in different things Mm -hmm. got you and for me for my adhd that's the most uh difficult part of of it all because it makes me want to be impulsive like let's say spend a lot of money on something i don't need Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and like and engage in like self-destructive type of behaviors that i have to control now
1: what about food
2: Food is one of them, too. Like, right now I'm on a diet, but there are days where I just want to say, fuck it, I want to eat McDonald's. and (laughs) I want to eat 25 hamburgers today. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my ADHD is about the dopamine deficiency and the impulsivity. And uh, that's what my story is about. How
0: you you get your dopamine, what are you getting? What are you doing to get that?
2: So I get it through like really hard workout, which makes sense why I decided to go to wrestling school. But like I don't get it from just like regularly weightlifting or taking a class. Like I get it from like wrestling and boxing and getting hit in the face or something (laughs) like that. Yeah. You know, but it's it's really difficult to find it. Or like I got it through Playboy through something that I accomplished. But then the other thing about dopamine is it ha- it's short-lived mm-hmm. so that's part of what i was saying when you do something for the first time it feels amazing but then the second time you you do it you don't get that much dopamine so yeah. really what it's about is the dopamine
0: mm-hmm. it's like people chasing that first high they get from heroin exactly. right? exactly and they'll never get it to chase it and chasing it exactly and that's interesting
2: and a lot of people have adhd and have no idea mm. you know I've, I've had so many friends that i i recognized patterns in them and said hey do you know if you have adhd and they went to their therapist and they were diagnosed with adhd and like i changed their lives because it's like it's so many things it's like reckless uh, sexual behavior right and you know certain types of relationships all of that you know can be dopamine based
0: what about just your attention span like yes, you
2: think i have some shit like that
1: you do dr green
0: yes
1: (laughs) absolutely you
3: have
0: you ever been diagnosed i've never been tested for it no i've been like that my whole life in school too like just concentrating on one thing and not block things out or just space that's called hyper
2: focus Mm. so some people say that if you have adhd you also have superpowers because you're able to hyper focus Mm. so like that me i'm an example of that like i'll hyper focus and write a best-selling book or i'll hyper focus and learn a new sport you know but i can't necessarily like pay attention for long periods of time to something i'm not interested in same
1: okay yeah. okay yeah. yeah there's a lot of people that have and they've been able to do many accomplishments yeah. because of that hyperfocus and then what's exactly. like the, what's
2: like
0: the testing on that i heard it's like it's like 9 hours or 10 like what is like how do you get tested for that i'm not sure about that yeah mm. how it works like they i'm not sure reading writing what kind of brain stuff they do i'd be curious you know and then do you have to buy medication for that yeah but like not
1: everyone's the same right absolutely not
2: everyone's the same at all so like that's what i'm saying for me the attention uh is bad but it's not the worst part of it yeah it's more the impulsivity and the and the constant search for dopamine
0: Mm, that high because
2: like for example when dopamine drops right like so let's say you go through like a heartbreak or a disappointment a disagreement you have a fight with somebody Mm -hmm. whatever and your dopamine drops then you're suddenly in that sort of like depression state again yeah and you need to find a way of getting the dopamine back up right yeah so when i was younger i thought that i had depression and i was diagnosed with depression but it really wasn't depression Mm -hmm. it was these these like lows dopamine lows because they don't last right so they can be really low but then i'll go out and do something to get it and i'm fine
0: interesting so it wasn't depression that's how your friends are like i don't know if it's the same thing but. When they do cocaine, the next day they crash really, really hard. Right. right, And they get really depressed and dark. Well, yeah, your dopamine drops yeah. after cocaine, yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but i seen friends, like, night and day from that, you know?
1: Definitely. Especially that cocaine, alcohol, 100%. You yeah. Know, any of those things are just, like, draining. Do,
0: do those death. pills... You and think, then you do it again. Yeah. 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 You know? You think those pills for that stuff changes your
1: personality? Changes no. how... Uh, so you're taking for... That medication for that?
0: Yeah, I mm-hmm. take a
2: medication called Stratera.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: What have you been on that for?
2: Uh, I'm not on it right now, but I was on it for like a year.
1: And you
0: noticed? I like, want to
2: get back on it though. Okay. Yeah.
1: And what is it that you notice like when you're taking it?
2: Like. I'm just really able to focus and accomplish lots of different things. And mm-hmm. I'm not as emotionally affected about uh, uh, when something happens. Mm. So if I have a disagreement or a heartbreak or a disappointment, whatever, I don't drop that low. Right. You know, I'm still able to be up here right. and not necessarily drop that low mm-hmm. because the medication is providing you with dopamine.
0: Yeah. So that's definitely affected relationships too. obviously the drinking, obviously, but also ADHD with you. And-
2: Absolutely that was yeah so that was what my Forbes article was about. okay
0: yeah that's awesome man you've been talking about it and sharing that with people yeah and so like have you are you in a relationship now
2: no
0: so it's like a whole new world for you too yeah because you have everything kind of under control
2: yeah well I'm, I wouldn't say I have it under control well, I mean, but b- I'm managing. I'm managing it managing it yeah. well I'm aware of it that's mm. what I'll say I'm aware of it so like I can recognize when my my dopamine lowers and what made it lower, and I can recognize that I want to act impulsively or self destructively because my dopamine lowered, and yeah. then I have the ability to make the judgment on don't do that because your dopamine is lowered. Yeah, you know, so it's more about like educating yourself and having awareness that this is going on yeah. rather than like fixing it.
0: Mm. So have you been doing wrestling, like having some matches and stuff? Like
2: no, so now I'm hosting the show. Yeah,
0: I know, but are you still preparing for? still want to do that like with it will you be doing that someday
2: i don't know i might
0: because now you're like in the whole behind the scenes kind of on the scenes yeah the i whole. really like my job right yeah. now
2: you know because that's what i used to do my whole life yeah and that's what i have the most experience in is like talking and interviewing people yeah um and it's very 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 demanding to be a wrestler
0: yeah did you host like an all women's nwa thing too yeah like i did whenever
2: yes it was called empower that's awesome yeah
0: that's awesome. So was, where was that? Where did that take place?
2: Um, was it just on TV or was it? It was, uh, yeah, it was on, at, in St. Louis, I okay. believe. God, we've been to so many places that I don't remember. That's the yeah, first. <laughs> seen, you know how these that is. Crazy,
1: weird cities. Are like, what? Right? It's like, why are
2: you there? like, sometimes you cannot remember what city you were
0: right. in. Some of my favorite boxing matches are the prelims when or UFC fights when it's women, and then also the box the, uh, wrestling too, women. They're always like, they go so hard. It seems the ones I watch.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. terrifying.
0: You know what I'm saying? That, that, especially <laughs> the, <laughs> UFC, <laughs> the UFC girls too. It's like, yeah. it's, it's some of uh, the harder fights than the men
1: fights. When I was bouncing, that was the scariest fights, really. Girl fights mm. that would happen, like in the bar really? and stuff. I was like, oh. <laughs> and then everyone was like, you go there, you go there. It's just like, but they, I mean, it, go hard. It's yeah. terrifying, you know, because it's, it wouldn't happen that often. <laughs> but if it was happening, it was something like very serious. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's crazy. It's the first w- all women's wrestling yeah. thing, too. It's not, yeah. It took a long time for that. That yeah. was a
2: really, really great show
0: yeah you you think women are just
2: well women had to fight for their place in wrestling literally you know like quite literally yeah yeah women were seen as sexual objects in wrestling for the longest time Mm -hmm. and uh it took the women's revolution for women to really be seen as athletes and have a place in the sport
3: Mm -hmm.
0: it's crazy it took that long to even make that happen it's amazing that it happened but yeah so women are Paid the same, respected the same. Yeah, well,
2: there's so much like WWE stuff that if you watch is so yeah, cringe. That, that's,
1: like, yeah. That's a good yeah, question, uh, Morris, uh, <laughs> is the pay same for women? For women and men, the same or? In wrestling, how, how is in it? Wrestling, how is it? I is, wouldn't know what people are getting.
2: Yeah, okay, okay. wonder how people don't works. talk about mm-hmm. how much they get paid. Okay,
0: what if like, what if, like they're on salaries? Like wrestling, but I mean, salaries. there
2: are huge female wrestling stars for sure. Yeah, uh, I'm yeah,
0: sure there are. And like how like that even works? You get paid per. For a show you do, for a fight, per Well, it depends if you're under contract. Yeah.
2: Or not. You know, a lot of people are not under contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, so like, y- the indie wrestling scene is not well-paid at all. But know? it's pretty
0: big, the independent one?
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's it's big in the sense that there's a lot of promotions and that, yeah, and that there's like a it. lot of available work and, like, all around the country and everything. But, yeah. like, the amount of money that you make in that is not significant by any means. mm you really. everybody's really looking to get under contract or to work for one of the bigger companies.
0: Yeah. I, I like how people say like wrestling's fake when I had friends who were wrestlers. Like they get hurt. Like it's it's real work. <laughs> <Seriously>. I hate <laughs> when people say that. Know. Because, it's you know. Seriously.
2: What wrestling is, is it, it has a storyline, yes. right? But what you're doing, you're, the moves you're doing, they're not fake. You're actually performing those moves. you are really
0: flying off the ropes, landing mm-hmm. on people.
2: Right? Like you're actually doing those things. Yeah. What's oh, yeah. fake is because there is a storyline. Yeah. Right. So you're a heel or a baby. That's how wrestling works. You're a bad guy or a good guy. Yeah. And there is a story, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the match revolves around that story. A lot of, a lot of wrestling is about telling that story. Yeah. Which you is the part li- that people confuse with fake.
1: Right. right. Yeah. Hate Do you that think sense. you'd like to get involved in the writing process mm-hmm. or are you already involved in that? Already? I'm not, but it maybe.
2: would be pretty interesting. Yeah. That. Maybe. Yeah. Who
0: I knows? can see you doing that too. When I'm older. Yeah,
2: you think, you think Billy you <laughs> think Billy Corgan's ever wrestled? I mean, no, Cor- he has not. <laughs> That'd be
0: kinda sick to see him in there too. Oh my
1: god.
3: That he has be, not that wrestled.
2: That
1: would be very bizarre. And David
0: Arquette's retired from that life?
2: I'm not sure if David's still wrestling. He was going he hard. Might still man. Be have you, seen, be you have seen his documentary? What's it called? Uh You I Can't know. Kill David Arquette.
0: I might have seen that. I might have seen, you seen that? I've I never highly seen recommend. It no, I'm gonna watch it tonight. If not,
2: I yeah. highly recommend it.
0: You wow. see, you ever see him wrestling footage of him? Just a trailer and
1: stuff like that. I didn't
0: Dude, just... watch that. David is that. so
2: crazy, right? Because it's very similar to me in the sense that like everybody in his life was like, "What the fuck are yeah, you doing? Yeah. yeah, you know, you're gonna be a wrestler." And I think he moved to like Mexico or something to learn like lucha. And he went through the whole fucking training, like hardcore training, to to become a professional wrestler wow. and to prove That's himself because people judged him so much he
0: was just such a fan of it too right yeah, he's a so. huge fan of it it's all family so. of actors and yeah. he's like the wrestling guy yeah
2: i just ran into him uh, backstage at uh, chris jericho's concert in baltimore mm. <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so random yeah i don't know if we asked you do you have siblings
2: yes yeah. <laughs> yes i have a younger sister and uh three uh two older brothers and one older okay sister.
0: okay I yeah are they, are they into the same stuff you are Oh, no. Not
2: yeah. at all. <laughs> not They're at not all. They're not tatted
0: up. They're not writing. They're not. No, AF.
2: no, no. <laughs> you like the black sheep. Like my sheep. sister works in a bank and is very conservative. Okay, super like, normal. Super normal, married, great life, you know.
1: Is it normal?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever normal is, yeah. right? I don't know. I don't know what normal is. Do, um,
0: can, do you see yourself being a mom someday or having kids? I don't
2: Getting know. Getting married? I don't know. That's a hard question, Toby. <laughs> I'm a sass girl, I, don't I don't know. know. ask I don't know. Because <laughs> you, know. you
0: have your own lifestyle. You You're, you're like yeah you're in your zone right now
2: i'm not thinking about having babies yeah but if if i became pregnant i think i would be happy
0: are you hopeless romantic
2: i'm a hopeless romantic yeah are you oh god i don't know how to answer that like looking Well, well when i fall in love yeah 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 but i i very rarely fall in love okay it's very difficult
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, you've been through a lot of shit. I mean, it's, it's like, very difficult. and you're and you're, you're now now focused on your health and all your stuff now too. So it's like, somebody else. In well, the mix. I don't want to
2: get in a relationship and then be heartbroken and you know no. put everything in jeopardy because heartbreak is a really difficult feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to be there. No, I know, <laughs>
0: and
2: I feel like just people generally you know are not really looking for commitment as much as they used to be in the past i don't know if you guys agree with that.
0: i don't know because i'm
1: married 27 years and
2: congratulations
1: yeah thank you and
0: this guy are you
2: Derek? <laughs> uh
1: i'm single and uh yeah it's difficult you know but i'm at a different age range yeah. group than you are <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and i think <laughs> and i think that uh yeah i mean it, it, it's I mean, we both have very unique lives, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that makes it a little more difficult, I think. Uh, A lot of people have an imagination of what a relationship is from either watching TV or or some type of fantasy that they might have Mm. or something that's been going on for many years where it's like, this is what's normal, Mm -hmm. so a lot of people abide by those type of rules, and they end up... Not happy because they're not going with what expectations kind of, yeah, really high unrealistic, expectation, unrealistic, okay. unrealistic yeah. expectations yeah.
2: like you fall in love with the idea of someone and not yes. with the person themselves, right. right? Yeah,
1: and uh, and try to create a situation out of that which will become in you know heartbreak, um, uh, mm. but it, it's it's difficult, like I'm still trying to figure it out as well. I don't know if there's a, a correct answer, but I know what healthy for me and what i need yeah and so i go with that and just yeah. try to follow I that i think
2: as long as you know like your wants your needs and your boundaries right you know you start from there but and then i just don't want to engage in anything that's not giving me my y- needs right and right. not respecting my boundaries right you know Absolutely. and i think that's very hard
1: it's, it's yeah that, that's it's
2: even hard. hard to have that conversation with someone because people don't have the emotional intelligence to talk about something that's like very,
1: that yeah very, very true
0: Oh. Yeah, and also I feel like you both may be intimidating for people as well. Like for what you do, you're set in your careers in a sense. You both have these crazy lifestyles that aren't the nine to fives and not like the normal kind of lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You run all kinds of people all the time.
2: To mm-hmm. me, it's like very easy to become friends with someone, to even become close friends. But to turn that into something romantic, I guess I'm still trying to figure that out too.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're getting this type of dopamine from just even being on camera and hosting and doing and having to remember all these lines. Mm.
2: And, yeah, and, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, it depends on if it's a very difficult day or not. Like if I have 50 interviews, then I'm just like, oh, ah, I'm going to die. <laughs> How, do you
0: prepare? How do you even prepare for that?
2: So, <laughs> Billy pretty much gives me uh, the questions in the morning and I have like maybe The one morning of
0: the 50 interviews? Yeah, and I have, like,
2: maybe one or two hours to go through with it. Um, But that's another crazy thing, because we recently found out that I have, like, this really crazy, crazy memorization skill that I actually wasn't as aware before I joined the NWA. Um, But I can remember, like, really long uh, forms of writing. So, like, I can remember maybe, like, 50 pages at a time.
3: Oh, wow! And I
2: had no idea that I had this skill until he just started making me do it on the spot.
1: Wow! So
2: once he realized that I had that skill, like he's not worried anymore. He'll just give me something, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna go insane trying to memorize it. <laughs> but for for whatever reason, once the camera is on, it comes out of my mouth, wow. and I think it's like a photographic memory because like I can remember how things are written. Mm-hmm. So I I can re re. I can read it in my head. Yeah. After I have read it on paper several times. Okay. So there is not really any preparing. I get the script and memorize it in an hour. Is that from
0: writing at such a young age? You think you're like writing and reading in your life and I oh, no, no. I'm not
2: sure. I used to like memorize plays when I was younger. I loved theater. My dad was like a theater writer. My mom was a theater actress. That's it right there. You know, so it's like memorizing scripts and like me and my sister used to watch movies and memorize. The entire movie, so like we'd play it back and we'd know everybody's lines.
0: <laughs> wow, that. To me, that sounds like something that, if you had ADHD, that wouldn't that wouldn't be possible. Because I think about that, I think about attention. Well, you, know, you and can have attention. Yeah, you know,
1: I mean that's the thing. You can be hyper focused. Exactly. On that that's mm-hmm. a perfect example mm-hmm. of okay, right. hyper focus. Okay, okay. okay. And there's like I think short attention. I mean, like one of, bad, of yeah. the most uh, like famous swimmers, American swimmer. Uh, I can't remember his name at the top of my head. They were like, oh, he smokes weed. No, 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 no.
0: Oh, I forgot his name too. People were flipping on him. I remember that.
1: Uh, but he, is, he has that. And that's what his ability to swim is because you know that has a big part of that, right being able to focus and be in the water yeah that's just...
2: what people say that you have superpowers <laughs> right. when you have adhd
1: there's other people too but that you'd be like, but you oh, really? can't Who? do
2: that with something you're not interested in. yes, yes yeah, that's, that's the thing like, right so that's why it. when you're a kid in school you can't fucking pay attention because you're not interested
1: and i noticed this with my son and that's why i was like oh he definitely has this you know because there's certain things that he'll be so focused so you can't pull him away from which is like, oh my god, you know. It's just like, not like everything else is blocked out. Totally, you know. And then when it's not interested, it's forget about it. You exactly. Know, it's just like, oh no, like no interest whatsoever. I cannot
2: tell you how hard it is for me to pay attention to something I'm not interested in. <laughs> yeah, but this has been a. This is a problem. Let's start with relationships. <laughs> oh, <shit.
1: laughs> but it's a problem so like you know, a lot of teachers have in school. If you're a teacher that's not able to understand this that each student is gonna learn yeah. differently. Yeah. Then you end up getting, you know, the student gets sent back or put into a really that horrible was me. class. I was always like, suspended oh, in, in school suspension,
2: right. blah blah blah. Right. And like I would be in class and I would only be thinking about boys. Like that was <laughs> where my mind went. It's boys, 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 boys. But looking back, that was such a clear sign of ADHD. Like, if I do ever have a child, you know, right. I will be able to recognize those right. sort of signs. Yeah. You know, that was such a huge sign that I had ADHD. That I sat in school and, you know, whatever came out of my teacher's mouth was blah, 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 yeah. blah, Boys, 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 boys. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: want, want, want like the yeah. fucking yeah. peanut teacher. Yeah. That's all yeah. I <laughs> thought <laughs> about.
2: <laughs> and that was like my escape from reality, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about music? Are you such a music fan and such like a fan of like the rock and roll life? Do you play music or sing or?
2: I did, like, guitar lessons and piano lessons when I was younger. I love singing, but I've never done anything, like, professional.
0: You record anything? I want to. That's something you might do in the future? Yeah. What kind of music are you into, like?
2: Oh, my gosh. So (laughs) much. I mean, how do you answer that question? I don't
0: know. Like, what kind of stuff are you listening to at this moment? Like, what would be be something I listen
2: to a lot of old stuff, honestly. Like, I'm still listening to stuff that I listened to in the 90s. (laughs) Like
0: Like some old rock shit? Yeah, pretty much. Like, besides Smashing Pumpkins, what do you got?
2: God, I I mean, I grew up loving Marilyn Manson, was my favorite artist. Okay. Uh, I loved, like, Papa Roach was one of my favorite bands growing up. So, Jacoby? I loved Jacoby as well. He's awesome. Um, And, like, I loved, like, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. that shit. You know, and then I had, like, the New York Dolls, Glam Rock, uh, Hanai Rocks. Um, rocks, yeah, 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 I had so many different phases. We're like super punk then glam, then emo, then this and that. <laughs> like, like all the different genres, pretty much. Sepultura. Yeah, <laughs> I heard about them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> were you were you going to shows? out there or more in america like we too young to go to shows oh my gosh no
2: like i started going to shows when i was 11 wow (laughs) and because my mom was an actress on tv i'd be like mom can you please help me get backstage she had the juice right so like when i was 11 years old i was backstage with bands
3: wow like
2: i met the offspring when i was 11 (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i was always backstage with the bands when i was a kid wow yeah
0: soaking it all in and stuff
1: yeah
2: yeah and that's how i w- that's why i wanted to be a music writer right. yeah i wanted to be able to, like to have conversations with with the artists yeah yeah
1: and this next book that you, you're gonna do a book right
2: for sure okay i mean whenever the attention right know, right you feel like
0: your writer's block right now because you're sober and other things or? i
2: just i haven't figured out exactly my structure of writing sober Do you know, know
1: what you want to write about
2: yeah, I want to write about this chapter in my life. Okay. Because my first book was like about drug, sex, rock and roll, which is my bestseller. Mm-hmm. And I it's want crazy. to write the book of where the character is now. You know, she lives in Hollywood and she's sober and what happened. So when you're writing
1: the story, it's going to, you, you change, the, there's a character and it's you, but you change the name or how does it work?
2: Yeah, the character's name was Satine. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I made I did it that way because I was really afraid of exposing myself. Like mm-hmm. like I told you guys, like this, yeah. all this stuff about people in school, mm-hmm. and they were like the nightclubs that would like let underage uh, mm-hmm. kids come in. There were so many things that like were really controversial about what I wrote, so it was just like more of a fear of Snitching being sued. On people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being judged.
1: So you're gonna stick with that character name? Or? Yeah, but
2: I like writing in third person. I see. Mm. Yeah. okay. Because it, it gives you, like, some sort of freedom. Right. Like, it, everything doesn't have that. to be, like, perfectly literal. Right. You know, you have a leeway to make things up and, you know, embellish. and. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, what's the percentage when they say, like, in movies, like... These are based on true events. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like a small percentage of what that really means in movies, like how much of it is really true or not, right?
2: Yeah, unless mm-hmm. it's like autobiographical, then, you know, yeah, probably gosh, they changed actually. everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, would you do that? Like autobiography? About yourself? I think
2: that's something from when you're older. Mm. I feel like you should have a bio- autobiography after you're like, yeah, after 50, after I 60.
0: Agree. Yeah, I guess that's true. Are you going to write a book you think someday about yourself? Yeah. Your story?
2: You mm-hmm. are? Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe yeah. at 60? <laughs> i don't know what age yeah i, 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 would I should that have too, already I been
1: started but I, I, <laughs> but, <laughs> but a lot happened but what? But, you have no attention <laughs> <spent>. <laughs> no, no, t- the age I, I think there's still so much more yeah of exactly. your
3: life
0: to live.
1: yeah 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 um I, and and also journals it's it's great to look back when you're talking about that because i'd have to dig those out because i had some crazy journals from back in the you day you still have me you have them yeah yeah i have them somewhere that's sure. amazing wow. that you have them um, yeah and it's funny to read back and stuff that you write because yeah it's it's like another from person. how
2: how how young were you
1: i was definitely 18 19 i just got out of high school nice and crazy and i was really into um henry rollins and he was doing a lot of spoken word oh yeah and what would you write about about everyone around me and just like how difficult it was to to be in the band and to try to make that band happen and yeah. all the people not understanding that. You That's know, great. That's cool. That's
2: so cool that you still have that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. And just write about every just like encounter with just people. Are like you talking shit people. about people? All the time. Me too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you
1: na- got names it. in there you names oh, in Asian journals? So
2: and so is a bitch. Yeah, it's just like oh
1: my God. This- just going off. Fuck. just read.
2: That's the great thing about diaries, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'd be
1: crazy to go back and read those, Derek. They're funny. I'm going to pull them out. But I, I definitely wanted to be a part of the book. The book. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But third person, I could see that, you know, for sure. Like, well, it, it makes it, makes it more comfortable to write.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, you don't yeah. have to worry as much.
1: True. Very true.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wh- wh- when was your last book out? How
1: many years ago was that?
0: Seven. Okay.
2: That was the Finally Famous one, which was a thriller. Okay. Yeah.
1: There's a book I wanted to bring in, but I'll 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 show you after the cast. I I don't know, maybe you know this writer, but I love the way that she writes and, and it's fascinating the stories that she writes about. What is her name? Uh she did the book Please Kill Me. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Jillian. Jillian. Yeah. yeah. You know her? Yeah. Okay.
2: She's of awesome. Please Kill Me, classic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I knew you would love that, but that's not the book. It's a book oh, okay. that another that book wrote. that she wrote with okay. Legs. Legs McNeil. And so
2: it's so funny because that book used to be like a bible for me. Oh yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Like it how was, I learned about punk rock.
1: It's a great book, and she's so awesome. So my when we lived in New York, yeah, I told this story a million times. He worked across the street from me, <laughs> and we were from in Soho at clothing stores, and I worked at a bar, and and I met his wife at the bar, one of the bars that Correct. I was working at, and everyone in the scene kind of hung out in these areas, you totally. know, these bars at night. Everyone who were doing music or whatever. And my boss at the time, his girlfriend was Jillian. Mm-hmm. Still is. Right. And, and he always would come, he, he collected books. So he's always like, oh, you gotta check out this book. And I was nice. like, thank you. And then it, it, and he knew all, he knew he knows, they know like all those people and all those stories, you know, like James would come in or Iggy would come in. Yeah. And they'd be Crazy. like, oh yeah, like Iggy. And then Dee, Dee would be hanging yeah, out at yeah. the end of the bar or like, uh, Rockets Rick Glare, this guy that was in the Madonna, I, 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 you yeah, know Rockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always hanging out, and there would be like Abel Ferreira and David like, Johansson Yeah, like yeah. it would just be like random, like I'm like, yo, is yeah. that? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but anyway, my boss, he was so cool. He'd always gift me like these amazing books that he would just have like such a knowledge about great authors and great stories and um but i love them they're they're still my friends that's amazing and uh she's still an incredible writer and there was a book that she wrote and i was like this book is fucking insane nice. i'm
2: but, gonna check it okay. out for sure yeah I'll
1: are you look.
0: still reading a lot too
2: yeah i mean not as much as i used to but yeah, i actually just finished uh reading brandon's book oh really yeah streets of baltimore it's so amazing have you read it no i have not i loved it so much i told him i feel like it's one of like the beatnik junkie classics wow like it's really really good
0: he's awesome with words and just everything Yeah, yeah i love it so much how'd you guys meet
2: um i think it was through a sobriety post actually okay yeah and then we connected through that
0: yeah are you in the program too or no
2: no i'm not isn't that weird it's
0: pretty cool though. i mean some people choose not to be
2: it's funny because like this whole time i've always thought like am i gonna be welcomed by the sobriety community because i didn't go through the program you know i always had this sort Mm. of like guilt about it Mm. but i think that i am more ready to be a part of it now like i started doing speaking engagements awesome actually um brandon was the person who encouraged me to start doing that um and the first time that i spoke was actually at his sober house okay and then since I did that, then I've done several other speaking engagements. And tomorrow actually I'm doing, um, I'm speaking at Mia St. John's uh, fundraiser. Mia St. John is a five time uh, female boxing champion. Oh wow, awesome. And she, uh, she has a, f- uh, a fundraiser tomorrow. She asked me to be the speaker.
0: That's cool. So
2: yeah, because Brandon encouraged me so much to start talking, then I've been kind of able to do all of this stuff now
0: yeah you like that's talking you like being a public speaker
2: i do actually yeah i think okay i get dopamine from this that's what I was there you say. go
0: yeah, yes that's what I was so say. i'm getting
2: yeah. it right now <laughs> that's sick yeah
0: okay so you're not nervous
2: never okay well no never mind i'm nervous before <laughs> yeah, but i'm right. never nervous while you're
0: talking about your life and stuff and everything
2: yeah no i don't care about talking about my life
0: <laughs> no like what, to the people that's what you're doing yeah yeah Telling yeah. The story. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly is sobriety still like a struggle for you every day or just
2: honestly not as much um well i'm close to three years now it's awesome and uh, i would say that i very rarely think about drinking now you know it's more when when i'm facing like something really 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 emotional but at the same time i'm also a lot more able to control my emotions or not become as emotional about things Mm -hmm. so like once in a while i'll think about drinking but i think that uh my drinking thoughts sometimes come from the fact that like i'm at a japanese place and i think man i'm never gonna taste a sake again yeah <laughs> and i love sake <laughs> or like i see someone drinking a margarita and i go damn i love margaritas yeah or like casamigo blanco my favorite tequila <laughs> you know and it's more about like i miss the drink mm. now than like Drinking to avoid problems. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. more about missing the taste of the alcohol mm-hmm. nowadays.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's probably just hanging with people too.
2: That's why I like
1: these non alcoholic
0: I, oh,
2: like I was going to ask too. you is, yeah. there,
0: is there like an alcohol free sake?
2: I've never seen sake. No,
0: okay. Sake
1: would be weird.
2: Sake okay. is such a strong taste. Yeah. And I feel, but the non alcoholic Heineken is really good. Like it tastes like is Heineken. Yeah. It? Pretty that good. He's okay. like, yeah. No, 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 no. that one, no, no, I just don't like What's that What's your brand? favorite?
1: I like these. Uh, well, I don't think I have a favorite yet, but the ones that I've had in in Europe, like in in Germany, because they really are very particular about taste, mm-hmm. and of course mm. they create incredible beer. So they're really going to you know try to get that to a non alcoholic beer, and so I appreciate their effort. No, <laughs> so I realize funny. that in <laughs> Europe, it's like wow, this really tastes like a. a Tasty beer.
2: Nice. and uh <laughs> Now but, I really want a non alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: sometimes it's just funny because we'll have one. My like, guitarist is also, he doesn't drink. And after the show, it's just like, just one we have. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm good. Just yeah. one. And it's just like, that's it. Yeah. I don't want anymore. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get fat if I keep drinking. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like sugar. Well, there's a lot of wheat in there too. In fat, in yeah, sugar I mean, right? alcohol yeah, has a yeah. lot of sugar in general, but. Even those beers have like...
0: Yeah. What's the percentage of alcohol? Zero, zero point some. It's It's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like not even anything. Yeah, do you you have those sometimes, non-alcoholic ones?
2: Yeah, I like the non-alcoholic wines too. Yeah. Like when I want to feel like, oh, I'm celebrating. I think
1: they're only going to get better because there's more and more people that are just like... There are more
2: brands coming out too. I'm I'm actually working with one called Parch. Nice. Yeah, they make these uh, non-alcoholic cocktails that taste really, really good. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome.
1: That's really cool. I think it's
0: it's something people talk about a lot. Yeah. We should have sober bars. Yeah. That's what they're talking about opening downtown. I heard about recently. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about
1: this too. Damn. I thought it was
2: my business idea. Yeah. You can work with it. I'm going to show you the deck deck for it. Somebody sent
0: me a deck about it. Actually, it's downtown. It's like an old famous like Chinese restaurant. It used to be a place Mm -hmm. that shows back in the day. Right. And then they're pitching this whole like bar. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like all alcohol free. It's which awesome. i feel like a lot of people i don't know is, i'm sure drinking is still cool but i don't drink so i don't know <laughs> but i mean i feel like coming out of the pandemic people just trying to do more healthier things i don't know maybe, I, maybe I, I'm crazy. I don't like, know
1: i've noticed in the rock world it's okay
0: well yeah if i'm just like wow. so sober people and stuff and well i love
2: that now we have all these sober examples from rock stars because i grew up idolizing the rock stars but yeah you know, most of them don't drink anymore yeah i'm like okay great to have that example i needed them. yeah it's interesting Definitely. growing up they're
0: all partying now they're all sober
1: yeah yeah and they're, and they
2: I mean, you're either still going and <laughs> fucked up, which is so hard to watch. It's <laughs> like wow, like Marilyn Manson, you still know?
0: going, not
1: sober.
2: No, definitely not sober. Okay, okay. Like Did you ever meet him? So I have. I have interviewed him a few times. Cool. Yeah, yeah I would <laughs> say so. I mean, it's it's very controversial to talk about Marilyn Manson. No, 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 is it yeah. With all yeah. the accusations yeah, all that are going, going
1: on, on that, Ooh, but there's a lot of accusations going on. Him and Ramstein, right.
0: Ramstein too.
1: That was inevitable.
0: Okay, okay, Sorry, yeah, but true. Crazy world with all that shit. But I mean,
2: personally, like my personal experience with Marilyn Manson. Not talking about accusations of <laughs> right, right, other people's right. experiences. Yeah, he was always cool to me. Yeah, yeah.
0: How long ago was that?
2: I think the last time I saw him was like maybe like seven years ago, and I came into his tour bus actually oh, wow. mm. and everything was in the dark and he had candlelight. he had candles on <gasps> and it was such an I iconic just, moment oh, and iconic his, his like very pale face came from the darkness oh, <laughs> kind of scary man be, wow. I was really happy I wasn't scared <laughs> wow <laughs> but he was really wasted and he I told him that I'm really good friends with Jonathan Shaw because Jonathan Shaw is one of Manson's oh, best friends mm. like I super best friend I did not know that and he started talking to me about this tattoo that Jonathan did on his back and took his shirt off to show me that tattoo. And then he went, oh wait, it wasn't Jonathan.
3: <laughs> it was somebody else. Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. What was the tattoo, remember?
2: No. Dang. <laughs> I, I just to, remembered that it wasn't Jonathan and I was laughing for like is, 10 minutes. I used to go to
0: that shop back in the day, Fun City. Fun City, fun city. I used to get tattooed back there in the 90s, yeah. yeah. Are you still getting tattooed?
2: Yeah, definitely. Are you?
0: Find your room trying <laughs> to, yeah, man. You ever get stuff lasered at all or no?
2: No, never. I've never gotten anything yeah. lasered. I got it covered up, but not yeah.
0: lasered. Are you still get? You still going to get more though? Yeah. Would you ever tattoo your face? I love getting tattoos. A face or your neck or anything? I like neck tattoos, yeah. not face same i like face ones either
2: well they look cool on certain people certain people some people can pull it off i mean neck tattoos i find really hot (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah the face ones it depends on the person i don't know yeah yeah um do you have any major regrets in your life
2: God, regrets (laughs) i don't think so i don't think i regret anything i think that everything that happens happens for a reason and it leads you to where you are at the moment in your life yeah
0: you feel like you're a good place in life now.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, much better than I ever was. Yeah. Just like the emotional control to me is the best part of it, and not having panic attacks and not embarrassing myself. Like for example, I was telling Toby this story <laughs> oh. of one time oh, yeah. when I saw Derek <laughs> at the Rainbow, and I <laughs> and I was so drunk, so drunk, I just dropped to the ground. Yo,
1: right, right in, front in front of you. I, re- I don't. I think there was a show that we were both at, maybe. Wow.
2: Maybe. And at then, the whiskey or something.
1: Yeah. And then it was like, okay, everybody's going to go to the rainbow. And so I was drinking then, too. And uh, But I remember I saw you from across the, the, ra- the rainbow. she was on the other side. It's like outside area. Everyone's there. It's like
3: packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then you're like, Darren. And, I- and you start waving. You start <laughs> coming over like kind of almost like jogging and i think you <laughs> might have like even heels and then tripped right in the middle it Was like pop like a hard fall and i was like oh my god like people like oh like gasp like was, holy shit and i was like it was face down i it was insanely was a, embarrassed it was, a crazy I was like fall. i was like oh my god and i and i felt i was like oh my god i gotta help help get up and then i was like helping her up i was like don't worry about it. you're like oh that you're like
2: I was so embarrassed. Yo, and I was
1: like, I understand why. In my mind, I was like, "This is." It was so embarrassing. Crazy fall.
2: So I'm glad that things like that don't happen anymore.
1: and I remember after you're like, you're like, I'm, I'm just gonna go home.
2: Yeah, going home after. I
1: felt so. I was like, oh my god. I was like, I was heavily,
2: heavily drinking at that time. I was like, I gotta help you
1: to the car, and and I, I was like. <laughs> oh, I was really concerned. I was like, Now I go to your shit.
2: show and I drink diet Coke, so that's much better.
1: <laughs> yeah, most of our our friends are drink. We yeah. don't even have like alcohol. You didn't even have
2: time. alcohol backstage last time. <laughs> that's kind of crazy. Oh, didn't about you have it. Guaraná or something? We Guaraná, yes, yeah. you we had, had just a regular
1: like soda drink from Brazil. <laughs> Damn, you know
0: it's, it's crazy how things change like that when you get older too. It's true. Oh, yeah, it, right. and it's funny though when you're around people that
1: aren't alcoholics and they're just like yo i just want a beer what the fuck <laughs> like you guys got not even like one right. thing they're like what's wrong with you I was do like, we
2: have to be sober right like, dude, everybody backstage. is like i
1: can control myself i'm like good for you man
0: well so other people here
2: cannot so <laughs> yeah, right completely
0: <laughs> off the rider now too. all that right
1: ah, it's a waste yeah. of money you know yeah i think i mean we have non-alcoholic beer on the rider so yeah. we're not saving it because
0: you get charged back for all this stuff anyway yeah. Right. You do, yeah, right? you do. You think it's just like backstage, but it's not really.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um,
0: what about some like daily rituals for you? Like, what's 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 a day like? A day in life like for you?
2: Well, I go to the gym for sure, and uh, I lift and I do different classes. I love Pilates. Nice. Um,
0: I never tried that. I want to
2: try that. I love Pilates. I love bar. I do a lot what of is classes. Bar? What's bar? It's like a mix of like Pilates and ballet and different things. Okay. Um, but I go to Equinox, so they have really gr- great classes. So I take a lot of different classes. Nice. Um, I think the exercise is really, definitely a really important part of sobriety. Sub- That's great. Supplying that you your that. your brain yeah. with the mm-hmm. with the right chemicals, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, you
1: definitely get a high from doing sports. Hundred Or doing any activity like yeah, that. yeah. like it's it makes you feel so good afterwards. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like
2: you and me both love hiking. Yes, I love. Same. Hiking. We all like it. Yes. yes. So like I go to Runyon Canyon Same here. sometimes. I yesterday, yeah. Yeah.
0: We're going to hike together. Yeah, for sure. We have a whole crew. Which hill do you, Which which trail do
1: you take? We went to,
2: which take, one did we, we go did, to?
1: Uh, the observatory like around there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, Griffin yeah. Park, yeah.
2: We went to the, was it the observatory?
1: Yeah, it was Griffin Park
3: that we went Wasn't
2: to. Wasn't it yeah. one in front of the Greek theater? Could have been. It's a trail that oh, starts yeah. at the mm. Greek theater yeah. and not a lot of people know about it. I think yeah. that's the one we went. But you hike Runyon too? yeah yeah because yeah. Awesome, yeah, just awesome. runyon's right there okay
0: yeah. you're closing not that far from us okay yeah so really like babers. yeah exactly yeah. okay cool. so
2: like exercise definitely super important um and then i meditate at night um and i do my tarot cards like i'm very spiritual nice um i always light a candle make a wish um do my tarot and ask the spirits for guidance
0: how long have you been doing that for
2: probably like seven eight years nice what Every about night. food um well <laughs> that plays in the role of uh <laughs> yes
1: for dopamine feeling yeah, good, yeah.
2: absolutely health. yeah mm-hmm. what are you what are eating affects so much how you're feeling oh yeah um <laughs> and,
0: and diet coke is your drug of choice yes yeah. no no coffee no i don't drink coffee but Sick. i am
2: heavily heavily addicted to diet coke it's
0: okay so is my wife shout out to moon mm.
2: like i'll have a can of diet coke next to my bed and I sometimes guess. drink in the middle of the you night do like a six oh, pack no. a day maybe I'd say I'd have at least like five cans a day. Yeah. Wow.
0: That's a lot. It's really bad. I heard like the Coke light, like it's interesting. The Coke zeros and stuff. People, there's all these debates online. I can see what's bad and what's good for you. I will debate. it. I just feel like the ones in Europe are way different. They're all bad. But here's why I know it's
2: bad. When I don't have it, I get sick. There you go. Mm. Really sick. Mm Mm-hmm like anxious okay. stressed out like easily annoyed i start to get stomach pain i start to get headaches so i really feel like it is a real addiction i
1: wife always to listen to this it's no joke
0: yeah but how about no no coffee you get a headache too
1: yeah, for a little bit yeah you can you can drink you can get that out of your system. So
0: that's not the that's not that's not the caffeine we're talking about. That's whatever else is in that. So thing, like right? I brought my own diet
2: coke there. with me. Well, no I respect. You know respect. what I mean? Like I'm carrying a can wherever I go because I'm afraid there's not gonna be diet coke. What's we have it? people
1: on tour like that. Uh huh. Like for just regular coke. I got friends who are addicted to
0: diet coke yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean besides my wife. I mean. Right. <laughs> but I'm an enabler because she stopped for a while yeah. and then she got more. But then for a 10 year anniversary, I got her a, a big big gulp cup. With 10 diamonds on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, you, do you know that, Derek? I can show that no, t- I can show You it. are in me, Rusty made it. It's custom made. I'm like, yo, I, she's not going to listen to me. That's the only thing she does. She <laughs> she's doesn't smoke or drink. It's her diet coke. <laughs> I fucking wash 7 Eleven straws all day long here. I wash, I, I have like stacks of big gulps in the fucking back. What am I going to do? It's my wife. Like, that's the only thing she does. That's her one thing. It's like just let her do it. I do it. the most annoying shit. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe Diet Coke can sponsor um, something you do. Who knows? I wish. No,
2: um,
1: <laughs> there's other healthier stuff that would I'm sure would love to sponsor you.
2: <laughs> We're looking for some sponsors. Yes. If anyone out there yes. is listening,
1: um, <laughs> healthy sponsors. Healthy, healthy sponsors. sponsors.
2: It is it, when people
0: are like some. I do know that some people do eat like shit and they have a Diet Coke and they think that that helps
1: i know because it's diet <laughs> because it's well, diet they're, they're you just, know what i'm saying it, it, it just comes down to what you know you know some people just don't know they just the, don't uh, know i mean and it's hard when you live in the u.s people don't realize the propaganda that comes at you. Facts. you know mm-hmm. it Facts. really is brainwashing yeah you know, people get completely addicted especially
2: coca-cola especially. i mean i wish i was vegan mm. i wish i was so i've, tr- so, I've so tried how, ca- how
0: can we help you you can make it happen. I've tried What's it before, problem?
2: but it's really, really difficult. It is. But, it lo-
0: but Los Angeles, when the Mecca. Yeah,
2: yeah true. The Mecca. But when you're when you're outside of the house and when you're at a party, when you're in a social event, when you're, like, I just yeah, feel but like you're it's not so drinking hard. Though. It's true. You
1: can no. eat before.
2: It's, it's, it's all about planning. Yo, know, let's
0: get in this can of worms that are now. Yeah. Well, because Renee, we'll help you. We'll fucking help you. I really you, would to. You love end up to be
1: getting to a pattern because you, you realize I'm going to be at a party. Mm-hmm. Everyone's probably going to be eating something that I won't be able to eat probably should eat before it. Yeah. Or you just start to think in that way. I'll bring a before. protein bar in my fucking pocket, bro. I give fuck. There you fuck. go. Yeah. Plan B always around the
2: corner.
0: But yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what, what is it? Do you, do you enjoy, do you love meat or is there certain meats you don't I eat? I love or?
2: animals. Mm,
1: there, there you, that's you go. That's a go. great reason to. Let's to, go. And the animals love you too.
0: Exactly. Yeah, they appreciate you.
2: You know, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: you got us right here. We, we can help you. I know. And yeah. there's every fucking restaurant in this whole city. <laughs> do you cook at home?
2: No, same. I'm a I terrible suck at cook. Me too. I'm a
0: terrible. <laughs> I can also be a, a great cook. He's a great cook, great Derek.
1: What? Thing for dopamine. Like creating like a great meal. And, and it's, I know that I get a high from that. You know, I gotta learn c- how to cook, Derek. Same. I suck. Cooking classes. Yeah, I suck. I suck I've at that
2: too. I've seen you also going with uh, Yurki, who is a mutual friend of yeah, ours. Yeah, to yeah. vegan <laughs> places. <laughs>
0: he was here the other day, Yurki. Um, Oh yeah, Yurky. 69 yeah, eyes. yeah. York Yerki. I was gonna
1: ask, like you know sixty-nine eyes, of course.
0: Yeah. Yurki.
2: Yur- I've been to Finland many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's
0: dope. He's a cool character. I like him. But let's yeah. get back to the vegan. <laughs> um So you love animals, so you feel bad eating them? Kind of? Yes. I do. You've always been like that or?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Have you tried being vegan before? I, have. I
2: was for like two or three months. What happened? What,
0: happened?
1: what was what was the slip up? I had meat. <laughs> was it like i wanted
2: meat. all
0: the all the listeners are like <laughs> every episode this comes, meat. Up, this comes up You're, somehow yeah, yeah. i craved meat
1: wow it's another addiction like i remember when i stopped there was i i would my mouth would saliva like i could feel the saliva building up from just smelling it. you know i was really? like completely addicted yeah. wow
2: i had a bunch of those beyond the meat stuff for a long time mm. do you like it mm. yeah it's okay mm. yeah yeah
1: not for everyone yeah, yeah. We're,
0: we're more like um Plant, Plants, vegetables, beans, rice, yeah. quinoa, kale—definitely not tofu relying on, you know, the fake meat yeah, and on rice. Yeah, we're stuff. not dissing it, but yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: but it's you know not for everyone. But there's definitely still other alternatives. But it 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 takes time, you know to. To figure out what your body likes. Totally. And, and, and once you get in that.
2: Well, I'm on the way. I've cut yeah. alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the yeah. next thing is to, you know, change my eating habits. The only
1: reason I think we're saying that is because it's like another high, you know. It like is. Once you're able to eat like really when healthy, you become really good healthy. Good food. Totally, yeah. Like, boom. Like mm-hmm. it really.
0: It, it, it is, I get excited to eat every yeah, day. I get yes, to go check out like these like different pot, spots. You know your body what I'm
1: feels it. Like after where you're like, oh. You're digesting well. You're taking. You that work energy, out better. Work out a hundred yeah. times better. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It did. I have this feeling like it's almost like a natural drug just from eating really healthy food. It's yeah. just like no, I get it. You know, we
2: But can like, help, like my true desire is to eat really badly. Mm-hmm. Like my true desire is to eat like McDonald's, right. And pizza, yeah, and ice cream I and love cake. This idea. Like that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. You know, and I have to force myself to right. eat. Oh, uh, to eat well. But you're doing yeah. that now. You're
0: dieting. You're working out. Yes,
2: but it doesn't come naturally. No, yeah. it does at not. all. No, no, you know. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the longer I do it, the more I crave it.
1: Right. You've been Americanized, girl. Absolutely. It's that, wow. definitely something that happens Absolutely. here.
2: Absolutely.
0: I Meat meat's a big part of the culture though in in South America.
1: In Brazil, especially.
0: Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: Like I don't eat McDonald's anymore, but like once in a while, I'm like. <sighs> I just need a fucking burger from McDonald's. <laughs>
1: Those <laughs> bastards. You can go to McCharlie's. It's, it's, oh,
2: yeah. I've heard about that. Yo. That looks Yo. really cool, we should, we,
0: should, we should take her there.
1: Holy we should go there. Yeah, let's go there. Opening yeah, you a new one. start there and let us know what you think. I've never been okay. there. I, I, I went there and they reminded me of Reminiscent when I had the cheeseburger there. I was like, this reminds you. I, I'll, I'll try with you because okay. I don't <laughs> fuck
0: with that fake shit, but I'll do that for you. We should go there. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. Let's be do really it. be really cool. And
1: the chicken sandwich they have. Nice. There. My nice. son loves that one. Wow. That one is... Yeah, really I heard convincing. it's really good. And it's cheaper than yeah, the yeah, all those yeah. other places. And they're opening
0: up one in Venice too right and now. They just have
1: like a Happy Meal. It's a cute <laughs> box with like a frown on it. Perfect. Like, it yeah. went viral
0: on TikTok and I'm very surprised McDonald's hasn't shut it down yet. It's what? fucking-
1: McDonald's. I and know, they, but they, they, don't, they don't- It's not really on their- This place is so cool because also the way they treat the employees. You know, they're employees mm-hmm. that have a hard time getting a job. Some homeless people out, they've hired. Yeah, the, yeah. The people got out of jail. Yes. You know, it's like really- That's dope. A, a great- system that they got going on there yeah and it's simple menu it's like cheeseburger whatever double burger i'm down sandwich yeah. it's basic nuggets basic
2: i feel like now that i've said this out loud i'm gonna put that shit on feel some butt. pressure no, to start no like pressure. when you tweeted about going no, my, give myself oh, the right. pressure right. Or
1: like when you yeah. tweeted about going sober
2: yeah yeah, yeah, you, put yeah. Exactly. Out there. you put it out there I in put the it out there well, try
0: shit.
1: try like one day
0: what was i thinking one telling day,
2: you guys one
1: day vegan. i know the listeners <laughs> are like yo yeah. she's asked asking crazy But you can do like one day
0: me this Monday. You mean like everyb-
2: st- everybody starts talking about this in this podcast? Like no, you, we, no, bring it no, no we
0: always mention that. It always comes up somehow. <laughs> but she brought up the very last second. We're like, yeah, let's yeah. go. We got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about, um? are you an optimist or pessimist?
2: Uh, both. <laughs> okay. Can I be both? Sure. I think I'm both. Yeah. I think pessimist because like I always think like, oh, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, but optimist because I always think that it is going to happen. But yeah. I prepare myself for if it doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, but you
0: always believed. You always uh, believed in yourself, though. True,
2: I believe in. I believe in crazy dreams. I believe that crazy things can come true because in my life they have.
0: But yeah, they do. but we, may, we we said this the other day too. Like, just like kind of putting out in the atmosphere. Wh- wh- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. I'm gonna do this. That, yeah. That, that's that's positive mental attitude. I don't attitude. think it's so crazy. No,
1: you know, those aren't crazy things. That's See, not so that it, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe no, wrestling I mean, just, school is the craziest. No, no, they, that, it's it's <laughs> may sound crazy but i don't think it's crazy.
2: yeah it's did
0: not it. really that yeah. crazy like what the mind can conceive and achieve and, and believe it can achieve yeah, yeah. i that's, always that's
2: think a- like if somebody else did it then then it's possible for me to do it totally and then i start to think what was this what were the steps that this person took like what does it take to get to that place yeah oh i have to move there i mm-hmm. have to enroll in this school mm-hmm. i have to get better cardio i have to start to lift yeah. i have to study the sport so it's like steps right like how do i connect all of this absolutely if somebody else did it then it must be possible for me to do it yeah. as well no like doubt.
0: you really believe in yourself like everything you've been through
2: yeah and i'll give you an example even i know we're probably close to done no we're chilling um But, like, I had also watched this documentary about the girls from GLOW, you know, GLOW? Yep. Okay, so that documentary was super inspirational to me because they weren't wrestlers, they weren't athletes. They were, like, uh, models and actresses, and they got called into this uh, casting thing. And then there, found out that they were being cast for a wrestling show. So they had to move to Vegas to to learn how to wrestle
0: holy shit and start
2: performing at this casino so in my head when i decided i'm going to vegas and i'm going to live at a casino i was literally copying the girls from globe because i thought if these girls who are actresses and models can go to a school and learn then i also can
0: Mm -hmm. that's awesome man absolutely that's some yeah that's crazy and you're watching that where we watching that back in back home no like like here okay Yeah. yeah so many things you see that like they're on like We'll just say you were visioning about being a rock like the rock star world and going to like rainbow and all that and like i don't know just you did it you know what yeah. i mean you went through your part of it
2: i'm sitting here with you guys that's and you're interviewing me it's fucking. Yeah. Right. i know it's crazy <laughs> so yeah. that's the that's perfect true. example
0: damn that's true yeah
2: it's very
1: true totally. yeah. i
2: mean i grew up with sepultura for sure
0: yeah sure man they're fucking hometown heroes exactly what about what about social media you on social media a lot yeah you check your <laughs> dms a lot <laughs> You get crazy. You probably probably get crazy DMs. You get crazy DMs.
2: Okay, so you know, (laughs) going back to dopamine, Uh, um, Instagram is the craziest dopamine roulette there is. Okay, okay. So I call it a dopamine roulette because it's kind of the same thing as being in Vegas in a casino and you fucking bet your money on whatever and you don't know what the outcome is going to be, but you get that adrenaline, you get the dopamine from from like maybe I'm going to win. Right. You know, like that's what gambling is, right? Like Mm -hmm, people have gambling addictions. And Instagram is very similar because it's like you think about what you're going to post or you, you know, you want to post some hot photo or you write something that you think is really meaningful and you want people to react to it. Then you press it, you put it out there and you refresh and you refresh and you refresh and you keep hoping that you're going to get that dopamine. Right. Right. Like whether it's through likes or people supporting you or, you know, new people are going to add you or are you going to get a job opportunity out of this? Yeah. So you never know what's going to happen. Right, so yes. I feel like that's a huge part where people why people are addicted to Instagram is mm-hmm. because of the dopamine, the rush. So I definitely, agree, I, agree I go you. through that.
0: Do you feel like it fucks with your head too?
2: Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Right now, I've been thinking a lot about it because it has definitely fucked with my head.
0: But but that's how uh, Billy found you.
2: Exactly,
0: exactly, and that's a perfect example. I posted something
2: I didn't know was going to happen. When what was the outcome? Billy yeah. Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins hit me up. Mm-hmm.
0: And here you are now,
2: you know, and and so many other situations like that, where you know somebody randomly finds you or adds yeah. you, contacts you,
0: mm-hmm. so do you feel you feel insecure about certain posts you want to do? you really have to like feel like you have to be made up or be a certain way uh, and look, look a certain way?
2: Oh, my gosh, yes, like I compare myself to to other people a lot, yeah, and I think that's another huge. Part of being on Instagram is that you're constantly scrolling and comparing yourself to people that are edited, They're you know. Real. They're I, not real.
1: Yeah, I, I, I definitely think, especially for women. Yeah. Especially the, young, young, kid, young, women, young women, women growing up. It's,
2: I mean, you know, so, so much is just photoshopped and you totally. know that it's photoshopped, but it still affects right. you because you're like, oh, do I look that good? I don't look good enough. You know, should I get plastic surgery? Like, is mm. my hair. Is my hair as beautiful as her? Like, I mean, for girls, there's just so many yeah. different things. I can't things.
1: imagine. It's really intense. It's and really, like, I do
2: feel that. Especially the
1: comment. I mean, the comments are coming a lot from guys. Destroy people's lives. Or just like man. out. To, it seems like they're on a mission to like to, to really to ruin people's bring days. people down. Yeah, you know, man. just really. They have this freedom and liberty just to See scroll fuck around and troll around yep. and just like really put whatever.
0: No repercussions in, to talk shit to people all day. You i'm lucky i don't
2: them. have a lot of haters though it's nice yeah but like i do have a problem with like comparing myself to other people mm-hmm. and then doing impulsive things because i think i need them like mm. oh my hair doesn't look as good i need to go get my hair done or whatever it is like mm-hmm. i need new clothes you know i need a new photo shoot whatever it is like you're constantly being influenced about f- through these images that are so many times not even real right you know. Yeah, but you
0: really don't because you're doing your shit all yourself and people love you for who you are and all the shit you've done.
2: True. So that's what I try to do. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I try to be like more real. I try to like talk about my personal life, my personal struggles. That's and awesome. um, that's what I try to do. Because if I'm just a model online posting hot pictures, then I'm just going to get stuck in this mentality of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not yeah this enough. Mm-hmm.
0: Do You get crazy messages too, probably.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And
0: you check your messages a lot.
2: I've been trying to be less on Instagram lately just because I've recognized that it's affecting me. Yeah. And, uh, like it, yeah, I think that I need to control myself more when it comes to Instagram. Yeah. Like I don't need to be posting every single day. I don't need to be betting on the roulette every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. You've already established yourself and you have your followers and everything you're doing and people know where to find you and what, what you're up to. That's the best part about it. Just promoting the stuff you're doing. Yeah. You know? I get it. Yeah, I'm addicted to it too. It's Are like, you? Yeah, I check my messages a lot. People hit me up all the time, but I get long ones and questions and stuff about heavy things. I feel like I have to answer, but I'm not a doctor, a psychiatrist, right? But, but I feel like I have. As soon as I look at, it, I feel like that I have to do.
1: So- I write
2: something. Right. You have so to write back because you've debt. read it now. huh. You I'm must not, get I, crazy. But, I, but I don't.
0: I don't have like all the answers.
1: Uh, I, I don't answer. I. I. It's impossible to answer. Yeah, everything. I'm sure, man. So I, I. I try to really have a balance. Pick of it, and choose. You know, like. I don't try to look at everything, you know. All the times, so unfortunately, I, I I can't, and I also just get really angry if I look at how much time I've spent on it. I'm yeah. like, I really spent that much time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really try to lessen that, and 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 just and, and I started not putting such personal stuff on, just more work related type things, with like with the band and just mm-hmm. informing yeah. people about that. I don't have a problem, but the personal stuff I definitely keep out before I'd have pictures like my son and stuff and i know people love to see stuff like that but at the same time um
2: you don't need to do it i don't yeah exactly and i was just like
1: ah you know these people don't really need to know that and yeah and and so yeah just trying to find that healthy balance i mean there's even people that you would think are huge, you know. I heard like James Hetfield had it for a while, like his own like Instagram. Pop yeah, ahead, and, and then he was like, "I can't do it." Yeah, pop ahead. Yeah, he was like, "He's like, I don't want to do it because <laughs> he would just be." Si- he said he'd be sitting there waiting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like okay, when is or, or what's I mean, going like, to happen? I heard, yeah, or like it's crazy and just, man and just pulled himself. Or off.
2: like sometimes, like you think this post is going to be really popular, and it's not because of the algorithm or right. the time you post it or people are busy when when I, it and personal. it affects you emotionally. But that's yeah. when I
1: started. I now I just like really turn. That thing that count that shows you the lights. Yeah, you turned it off. Oh yeah, it changed. It's just like a. Oh, I've done it. I've done it before, so it just doesn't really matter. I'm just like whatever. Whoever is gonna do it, but business wise, I completely understand. Totally. Like, especially in your profession, what, yeah, you're, doing, what you're doing, you, yeah. you have to you know but it, i was on forbes bitch but every I'm other sure, day <laughs> I like that.
2: that's a
0: big deal I'm a nice. but i'm too. the same as you like yeah. if i see
2: like a lot of people message me about sobriety and how to get sober and mm. stuff like that or like oh i i heard you in that podcast mm. this and this yeah. and that you inspired me and then like i i can't not answer like i always right. answer and the next thing you know i'm super engaged in a, in strangers you know stories and it's taking all this time and yeah. then they start responsible- messaging you repeatedly and message you every single and then day. You feel because- responsible
0: for this person or someone we never even met, yeah. and they're, they're they're opening up to you so deeply, which I appreciate. They uh, have the courage to do that because some people say I haven't told anybody this or my parents and I want to yeah. ask a question about parenting or this. I'm like, I don't have all the answers. I sing in a hardcore band. I'm a dad. I do the best yeah. I can, but I'm not. I'm not a certified doctor. You're not or a doctor. I'm not. Yeah. Um. So I try to answer questions I can, but I'm I'm only human. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But you, you feel this responsibility if you do engage. You can't just ghost the person yeah i kind of feel like a, i feel like
2: a fake if i don't answer because mm-hmm. i'm putting this message out there but then i don't have time to talk to somebody when they're having problems so then yeah. i do answer
1: uh, yeah. yeah but there's thousands of people you know yeah. have access to your thing i mean you're only him you can't be on
2: there oh, mo- most of it are like thirsty guys <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: yeah i'm sure you're i'm sure you're getting i don't a lot of i don't answer messages. those you and um, i are, getting, are definitely different i'm sure it's, i don't oh, answer yeah.
2: those a lot but i do answer the ones that are more about real things yeah of yeah. course
1: yeah,
0: that's my son, Max.
2: Hi. <laughs> can you turn
0: the sauna on for us? Yeah. Um, Fuck, this has been awesome to have you here and talk to you and yeah, hear a bunch life. Yeah, it's been amazing.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: And you live pretty close. so We could do in. Totally. We can, we can get you vegan. And
2: thank you so much, Brandon, <laughs> for contacting Yeah, yes, Brandon Nova For connecting thank you, man. Us, yeah.
0: So she lives up in that area so we can all connect. I know.
2: We've been hiking. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry. I want to be involved. We <laughs> were hiking <laughs> during the pandemic. Oh, sick. Yeah
0: i'm not gonna blow up your spot but yeah she's so all for all the listeners she's going vegan it's pretty sick we're
2: gonna help her with her her journey um well next time i come if you ever invite me back i'll be like yo i've been vegan for two years
0: but the fact you brought it up to us it's awesome man well because it's you guys no i know but it's (laughs) on your mind but you're conscious about it it's on your mind you know what i mean just just saying because i love animals that's this fucking that's just reality
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: it's Just people putting the two and two and uh, that connection together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's
2: very simple. Mm-hmm. It's very
0: simple.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: What a journey! It's crazy, man. Shout out to Billy Corrigan too, man. What <laughs> yeah. a fucking g.
1: Absolutely. Let's start with Corrigan. the shout out. Shout no, out to
2: big Billy. Shout out, no, big shout real.
1: out to Billy. Billy. Big shout out. No, he's ch-
0: changed her life. It's like it's, it's really awesome
1: to hear. You know, like you were saying, it's cool when you meet people in that industry that are better than what you had imagined. Yeah. You know? not all the times it is that way of course no dude
2: <laughs> yeah like it's crazy and he's your homie
0: it's like it's cool
2: yeah he's my mentor but he's like a very good cr- close friend now too that's good
0: does he know how much of a fan you were of the band too oh uh, probably about, not yeah it's yeah. <laughs>
2: like i wasn't one i wasn't two smashing pumpkins videos and uh, I remember the second one, I told him, like, I'm freaking the fuck out. I'm just <laughs> acting like I'm not. Yeah. And he's like, you're doing a really good job, because I didn't even notice. So I was like, no, I'm freaking the fuck out. Wow. <laughs> I'm just not telling you.
0: <laughs> he's fucking cool. He's got yeah. kids, too, right? I see pictures yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Does he live out here? He's engaged now. He's about to get married. Nice. Is
0: he in Chicago still?
2: He's in Chicago. Wow, that's Style. fucking
0: dope. He still stayed out there. Oof, oof. I'm sure he's got cribs. All so on place, the
2: 8th, actually, um, the NWA is doing a charity show. Uh, because it's the one an- year anniversary of the shooting in Chicago in Highland Park. Wow! And uh, one of the people who were injured is an eight-year-old boy. He's the youngest person to be injured in the mass shooting. So the NWA is having a charity show on the eighth in Chicago. Okay. For anyone who's in the area.
0: Awesome for the listeners. Yeah. Are they performing? I mean, too?
2: They, I'm I'm sure this is not gonna air before the. Will see,
0: are they performing too? No. No. Okay.
2: It's just wrestling.
0: I want to go see a smashing punk because I'll put it out in the atmosphere. Yeah. Let's put see it that. out there.
2: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I right, would well, thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. Guys. I love, getting to
0: know, I, I love getting to know people, seeing your social media. Brandon told me about you. You know, what you see online and then you have in real life is just, you know what I mean? It's just it's yeah. awesome. Like the person. The, the, I came out of Instagram. No, is, no I'm just saying, you're the person. Huh? Like, no, you're the person that <laughs> like just humanizes you and see you here in person. We're yeah, talking. totally. It's nice. Word. I love these conversations. Anything I else, I Derek? Anything else you missed? <laughs> no. So He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Crazy story, though, man. Yeah. Shout out to your family. <laughs> Fuck. Shout out to Brazil. Shout out to Brazil. I can't, wait to, to ba- Brazil. I can't <laughs> wait to get back to Brazil. Play, <laughs> I can't fl- play there. I love it there, man.
1: Yeah, I was getting a lot of stuff from Katie Orkish. There's Let's shout out everybody now. Rio.
2: Shout out to Rio. Shout out to <laughs> Brazil. Yeah. Billy Corgan. Brandon <laughs> Novak. <laughs>
1: get them all.
0: And- N-W-A. NWA.
2: NWA. NWA.
0: And the group NWA. Okay, we out. Peace. Okay.
3: Bye.
0: I've always loved sweets. That's why I have um, a thousand gold teeth and I had cavities my whole life. But I always love cookies. And being a vegan and being gluten free, it's extremely difficult to get a cookie that actually tastes good. Most of those cookies are super, super dry. Until I found Maxine's Heavenly, uh, you probably see me post about them. They're incredible. They're gluten free, they're vegan, they're made with no refined sugars. You can get them in Whole Foods, Sprouts, Walmart, Amazon, Maxinesheavenly.com. And if you're in L.A., you can get my favorite restaurant, Green Tables, carrying them. Um, you can also, if you're in L.A., get Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Chow Now. Super, super great company. Amazing people working there. The cookies are insane. I can eat a whole bunch of them, not even like you're supposed to. But I don't feel groggy and like bloated and I have that sugar crash. And every month, you should sign up for the mailing list because every month you get exclusive flavor drops and the cookies get delivered right to your house. So shout out to Maxine's Heavenly, my new sponsor. I have a cookie sponsor, I can't believe it. How old am I? I'm 53, and I'm promoting cookies because I love cookies still, I'm a big kid. Vegan, gluten-free, no refined sugars. If you listen to the Travis Barker episode, me and him talked about our love for Maxine's Heavenlys as well, great cookie. If you're a vegan and you're gluten-free, there's no other cookie to have, Maxine's Heavenly. Go to maxineheavenly.com, Go to shop, use my code O-L-O-C, and get 25% off your first order. That's 25% off your first order. Go to maxineheavenly.com, use my code O-L-O-C. Enjoy, these cookies are straight crack. I always ask my guests if they have any regrets. I personally don't have any regrets. Even when it comes to my tattoos, I have the silliest tattoos, even my ET on my leg. It's still a childhood memory for me and I love it. I've had tattoos on top of tattoos strictly because I wanted more tattoos. I started getting tattoos when I was 18. I'm 52 now and I can't stop. I've had lazy treatment before on something on my arm. It's four tattoos on top of each other. And that experience at that place was pretty fast. It was pretty cold. It was in and out, swiped a credit card, don't really tell me much, didn't give me much details of anything that was going to happen. So I never went back. So as of most recently, I'm so lucky enough to have had two sessions at Removery Tattoo Removal. My tattoo on my arm looks like a big black blob, is now super light, I've had two sessions. I have a long road ahead of me. None of this stuff happens overnight. You cannot take a tattoo off in one sitting. You have to be patient. And it's painful, they ice you up, it's super fast, to me it felt like a bunch of rubber bands, but what's more painful than that is looking at something on your body that you think you're stuck with for the rest of your life, that sucks. But now for me, I'm really happy I started this journey. I'm slowly gonna get this tattoo removed. I never thought in a million years I have any kind of real estate on my arm. I don't even know what I want, but it's exciting. I'm so honored to announce that One Life One Chance podcast is now with Removery. I have a code use Toby H20 and get $100 off your first session. Call 866 934 4570 or go to removery.com. One of the most experienced tattoo remover companies in the world. Over 600,000 removal treatments done. 100 locations, US, Canada, and Australia. State of the art peak laser technology, cryo technology to reduce any discomfort. This is so exciting for me because all I do on these podcasts is talk about tattoos from day one if you've been listening to this podcast talk about tattoos talk about getting removed talk about getting covered up so this is such a perfect fit for me once again go to removery.com or call 866-934-4570 use my code tobyh20 and get hundred dollars off these guys are located everywhere try it out